Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Cadaver Lab Podcast. I'm Mike and with me as always is the man, the legend, Johnny Krug. What's up my man? What is up bitches? <laughs> you're really, you're just going to disrespect them first off. Uh, you yeah. know, because I dare say that not all of them are bitches. Most of like them. crap right off, right off the bat. <laughs> okay. Well, like whores. That, <laughs> that's why they come here. They, they, they're all, they're all masochistic. You know, that's what they, it is. They come here, they listen because they want to be abused. They're gluttons for punishment, dude. And that's in, in we're, we're more than happy to, to do that for them. We will oblige. In fact, in fact, uh, in fact uh <laughs> I, I'm loath to bring this up, but uh, Johnny is an expert in CBT. I don't know what that is. I am so glad you don't know what that is because I barely learned what it was on uh, on uh, re- when I was recording Cadaver Classics with uh, Stephen. It's cock and ball torture. <laughs> is that a real thing? Uh, according to Stephen, it is. I have not Googled it myself. I almost wonder if it's called something different. <laughs> I just don't see a, like a something called cock and ball torture. Sounds Dude. like Adam Sandler's fetish. Well, you know what? To each their own. Even if you're famous, okay. I don't. I don't care if Adam Sandler likes to do that or not. No, whatever. But uh, it's better than any movie he's made recently. You take that back right now. Uh, I have I'm watched bedtime stories ten times. I actually like Adam Sandler. I haven't seen that one though. Well, it's anyway. <laughs> Uh, okay, so listeners, we're trying something new today. We, we're going to, uh, instead of just put everything down in segments, Johnny is going to join me, and we're going to host the whole show together. How does that sound? Awesome. It'll be like a show. It'll be like a show instead of a bunch of uh, puzzle pieces put together. It's like one of Jigsaw's traps. <laughs> <laughs> Where at the end you got your CBT going on. <laughs> but uh, also wanted to uh, thank you guys for sticking by us last episode. The sound quality of my old get-up is not perfect, and, and unfortunately I actually had to record Cadaver Classics with it. So bear with us. I've got my uh, my uh, first string recording equipment back, which just means my one recorder. But uh, no, we're good. Well, thanks thanks to I'm, everyone for I'm uh, excited. Co- continue to stick around, too, because we were on a little bit of a hiatus for a couple weeks. Oh, yeah, man. It's been almost a month. Is that right? Yeah. It was three weeks um, last Thursday, so this Thursday would be a month. Oh, you know what? There's no way this is going to be out before Thursday. Maybe there is. Maybe it will be. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? Well, that, that was just the last recording. The release oh, may have been oh. after that. Oh, yeah. The release are usually like three weeks later. Yeah, so it'll be a month by that time. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Uh, a lot of things have uh, have uh, been going on, uh, of course, with the three-week layover. Uh, we actually have a brand-new segment uh, today. It's called Ear Fear. And uh, the drummer of Die, Monster, Die, Mr. Shane Diablo, has uh, offered to you know give us a five-minute overview of some of the music that he's listening to and whatever. And I tell you what, I've li- he, he's already submitted three, and I've listened to the first two already. And let's just put it this way: from the from the um, uh, the first two that he submitted, I have gone and downloaded one of the band's full uh, discography uh, from the first one and the second one. Legally? So, no, yeah. I'm, uh, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You cut out there. I I will not respond to what you said because I did not hear it. Only <laughs> I said I was I was uh, prop giving you props. What? I see I don't know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, one of the bands that he that he talks about on this one is called the Rosedales. Have you ever heard of the Rosedales? No, they sound like a. Uh, they I don't know. They sound like one of those like Buddy Holly fifties groups. They are. That's hot. Except for except for they're kind of like the horror punk type of you know kind of the throwback type of deal. You know what? They're hard to they're hard to uh, to really put in rockabilly. No, it's just, it's kind of just rock. It's it, there's they have three albums. On one of the album, there's some kind of throwbacks to like '50s type of music. But but uh, on their on their latest album, uh, which came out I think last year actually, it um, uh, it's, just, it's just kind of rock. It, and the thing is, it's awesome because they've got some of the best vocals that I've heard since Alice in Chains. They don't sound anything like Alice in Chains, but they've got you know they've got the layered vocals and and, and stuff like that. So you know I'm pretty stoked about it. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, and, and here's the deal. Shane is going to talk about them on Ear Fear, and I, you know, and I, I've been listening to these guys constantly for the last couple of weeks since that's when I first heard about them. And uh, he, he has a couple of songs. He gives you uh, some samples from an older album called Raise Your Spirits. But uh, I'm actually going to play some Rosedales from their newest one called Once Upon a Season. Uh, this episode, and uh, just because I love them so dang much. That cool? Hell yeah. All right, man. Good, because if it wasn't, I would uh, tell you to F off. <laughs> no, I'm man. just you. Now, it's been a month, okay? So bear with me. I've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Why don't you, uh, let's talk about the Corpse Collective for a minute, man. Okay. <laughs> I actually that... haven't been there yet. I feel bad. I know. I should kick you in the nuts for that. I was, I was actually going to give you some crap for that. Basically, uh, we Brian from Drunken Zombie and I, we both worked – or not, we didn't work. We wrote for – we uh, first of all, we both write for The Examiner uh, for about local stuff. And then uh, we I started writing for the thehorrornews.net, and I kind of got a little annoyed because of – I mean, it's I'm sure it's a great site and whatever, I guess, but, but I – the way it worked, I didn't really like it, and I, and I felt like it could be a lot better. So what? And, and I was talking to Brian from Drunken Zombie about that, and he's like, dude, why don't we just start our own thing? And so we did. It's uh, Basically, it's it's not necessarily a news, uh, a horror news site, but it's a review uh, site. You can go there. There's essays, opinions. There are um, all sorts of uh, um, actual fiction that, that people have written and we've got actually got a lot of things on the on the horizon and plans to for actual fiction to be up there uh right now i know that uh, keith latch has already put a short story up there um and uh sean gabarin from the angry gnomes put some uh some of his here to be released comics up there already just kind of just the images up there and whatnot but uh go check it out it's at uh corpsecollective.com and uh, it kicks ass. I mean, uh, let's see. I have a list of people who are in it, and uh, Johnny's one of them. Except for I wish Johnny would go over there and write something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we got Vaughn. We have. Uh, I do. When I say Vaughn, do I even need to explain who Vaughn is? I think everyone pretty much knows who Vaughn is. Uh, we have uh, Steve Wands, who is the author of Stay Dead, and uh, he's. Uh, uh, he he actually did the Cadaver Lab, uh, um, the shirt, the, the shirt, yeah, the the image for the shirt, and I know that that doesn't say much about his writing, but he he, he wrote a book called Stay Dead, and we have Robert R. Best, of course, uh, Lakewood and Ashton Memorial, all kinds of things kill Midnight Corey, and also uh, Corey did all the um, 
the graphics for the site, so you know it's going to be awesome. Uh, Stace from Creepy Kitsch. We got Stephen JFMP. And actually, Stephen is thinking about putting up a, a serial novel on there, writing it on the go. And, we, and he's, he's kind of on the fence about that, so let's give him a little bit of encouragement. Uh, we have uh, Flopo. Uh, Keith Latch, I mentioned, Doiner, Dave from The Cheap and Dirty, Brian from Drunken Zombie, and uh, Aaron. He, uh, Aaron, the uh, our, our very own, it came from the public domain master. And, uh, sp- you know what, speaking of, uh, of Aaron, have you been watching the Friday Night Frights? Uh, no, I haven't had a chance to, man. Dude, there's some kick-ass movies up there. Oh, no, uh, I, I actually own several of those movies. Yeah, same here. There's one that I didn't. The one he put up recently, I didn't. I have. I don't own. And it Which was one Sa- was it? Savage Weekend. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's good. Well, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, it's. <laughs> who is it? Good. I don't know, but it's fun to watch. Let's put it that way. I mean, that's uh, all that matters. Exactly. Uh, just, just in case somebody out there doesn't know what's going on, go to cadaverlab.com. Uh, on the right hand margin you'll see uh our topics our categories click on friday night frights and you'll be able to watch movies right off the site like savage weekend drive-in massacre pieces night of the living dead death warmed up horror of the zombies and johnny's favorite children shouldn't play with my th- i mean uh, with dead things <laughs> i like so, that movie no uh, i actually haven't seen that one it's good um if you go into it and you just kind of watch it for what it is it's cool i mean I hear so many people that they prop it up a lot bigger than it should be. One of those, one of those that has the the loyalty for some reason, but but nobody really knows why. Yeah, I mean it's entertaining, but it's not like the best movie I've ever seen. That's eh, cool, man. We'll have to check that out. Um, anyhow, okay, um, so I'm still going. Okay, I'm I'm nowhere near stopping. Okay, <laughs> guess what we have become? Herpes. I don't know. Um, we become. No, I'm talking about something new, something that we weren't before. We're actual official sponsors of the Summer's Dead Festival, which uh, basically is a. And, and I know that uh, this makes a little difference to you, but it's it's a music festival here in Salt Lake City, going to be happening on uh, the end of August, uh, the 27th and 28th. Uh, basically, it's um, it's Die Monster Die is going to get together all sorts of bands. Uh, they're going to they're have, uh, uh, t- uh, let's see, I think it's going to be eight bands total, uh, or nine bands including themselves, and they're going to play, four bands are going to play, then Die Monster Die on Friday night and on Saturday night. It's going to work out like that. Uh, they're basically any kind of band that they have, uh, horror punk, psychobelly, uh, metal, punk, um, fi- uh, and like I said, it's just going to be a good time. But the best thing of all is, uh, and I'm and I'm going to read this word for word, so there's no misunderstanding. Die monster die will be, except for it says the f word, so I'm going to just I'm going to say the f word instead of okay, you get it. Die monster die will be buying a shit ton of delicious beverages for you to choke down, you effing luscious. Hey, that's go pretty there, cool. Yeah, go down there, check out some music, free drinks, all you got. Uh, uh, whatever you do, go to summersdeadfestival.com. It has a list of all the bands up there that are that are, that are scheduled to play, uh, you know, updates, all sorts of things like that. Summersdeadfestival.com. And uh, I'm gonna, it, there's actually a link on cadaverlab.com, or there will be by the time that this uh, episode is released. How's that? That sounds cool. All right, man. See, that's it. That's actually all I have. 
Oh, man. I about it's, passed out. It's good to get all that out, though. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, especially the the Summer's Dead Festival. Speaking of, uh, of it, it, the whole thing takes place at a, at a place here in Salt Lake City called the Burt's Tiki Lounge. And uh, I gotta say, it was the it was the uh, uh, place where I finally got to meet in person Ferguson Del Fagina. and he is he is as funny as you would think, but not quite as weird as you would expect. But there's actually a living statue now that it's it's actually you push a button and it's Mike and Ferguson they sway they, they sway Spooning. back and forth as they spoon. <laughs> it's to it's to uh, mark that uh, momentous occasion. Oh man, and it was momentous, dude. I wish oh, I could meet you guys. Yeah, man, you you should come down. You should come down. Uh, well, if you come down for the August, the the film festival or this this, uh, um, yeah, the Summer's Dead festival or whatever, you should you should do it, man. It's only like a twenty six hour drive. Shit, yeah, I'll fly geez. before I drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're yeah we're we're all fancy. We fly. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if they have planes in Utah means. yet. Do they? I had to punch you. You in guys the have game. an airport? <laughs> really? I'm just <laughs> really. Come on. <laughs> I'm in Oklahoma. We're like still in the Stone Age. Well, I'm surprised any planes would get off the uh, get off the ground with all that weather you guys have been have going on. See that? Oh, that I was you were worst... because of all the fat people. No, I was going to say that's the worst insult I could I could come up with. Oh yeah. Well, you've had bad weather. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the weather here sucks. Oh man. Well. Well, we're just glad you're okay and away <laughs> from the the, the testicle-sized hail, okay? I don't know what kind of testicles you've been looking at, but these things were gargantuan. Like I said. All right. <laughs> oh. oh, okay, man. Hey, um, here's what we're going to do. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break, play some ear fear, and uh, then we'll be back and do some voicemails and uh, move on the show like that. How's it sound? Word. Greetings, cadaver Lavanites. It's your best friend, Shane Diablo, bringing you a little taste of ear fear. First up, the Rosedales from Chicago, Illinois. This is an amazing band. Four-part harmony vocals, awesome. These clips are from the album Raise Your Spirits. You can find more from the band at therosedales.com.
Ghosts, from Germany, Cologne, Germany. This song is reborn of Trioxin.
find all of these songs on the album Web of Dharma, which I'm sure is available on iTunes, or you can go to Michael Graves, I believe, dot net. For me and this edition of Ear Fear, you heard the Rosedales from the album Raise Your Spirits, you heard the Crimson Ghosts from the album Leaving the Tomb, and you heard Graves from the album Web of Dharma. That's it for me, it for now. Oh yeah, and Mike, you're holding my boomstick. Hey Mike and Johnny, it's Ed from beautiful upstate New York. Uh, haven't called in in quite a while. I just want to let you know I, I too enjoy the new format. Um, even the longer ones are, are okay with me, especially now that it's lawn mowing season up here. I did have one question. I, I saw a news story online in uh, West Valley, Utah. A, I'll, I'll just read it to you. It's not that long, so bear with me. A woman was undergoing a mental evaluation Tuesday after police say she stole two vehicles, including a police cruiser, and led officers on a chase through two Salt Lake City suburbs, all while naked. Then the police captain says, uh, doctors do not believe drugs or alcohol led to the woman's erratic behavior, which also included running through sagebrush. The chase finally ended when she was subdued with a stun gun after climbing a chain-link fence. Uh, he, the, cap, the police captain said a woman in her early 30s, but her name was not being released, uh, started to chase this woman in West Jordan, and she was already unclothed. She left her car, climbed into an, another car that was running, and drove away. She re- then wrecked that car, then ran off still naked into some sagebrush. An officer spotted her and called for backup, not knowing what to expect from the woman. When the, another officer arrived, the woman charged them both, slipped through their grasp, and took off in one of their cruisers, ramming it through a large gate. The ride ended in nearby West Valley City when the woman failed to make a sharp left turn and the cruiser ramped off a berm and traveled about 50 feet before crashing into the ground hard enough to bend the vehicle's frame. 
That car she took is a total loss, the police captain said. I think there's still a hubcap that's still usable. So my question for you, Mike, is which one of your wives was this? Really? <laughs> that was awesome. Um, actually, that wasn't one of Mike's wives. That was Sam after his surgery. Dude, that's good. You know what? You know what really sucks about that thing is the fact that it was in your uh, front yard. No, oh no, no, no. Basically, it was that was on a. I actually live in West Jordan. That's the city I live in. And my house is like on one like the, the it, Salt Lake City is like the the county is just a big bowl between two sets of mountains. I live on one set of mountains, and that's where that's that's where this all took place was up in basically um, the, the farthest the farthest west you could go and still be in in the Salt Lake Valley. And I drive on that to go home, and this happened like two hours before I went home from work. So it, I could have just gone on that, checked it out, got to see some naked ladies running around, but I missed the whole show. Oh, man. I'm bummed, man. Yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> and I don't understand how drugs and alcohol didn't have anything to do with it. Oh, man. She I mean, unless, she, unless she was, like, bipolar and, like, was on a manic spree or something. Well, and the thing, I think that's what it is. I followed up. Um, she, they, they found out she was bipolar. I actually think I saw a picture of her. I can't be sure, but I don't know how much it would have been awesome to see her is all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I read a story once about a lady who was, um, something in some kind of manic state and she was on the wrong meds and she like climbed to the top of a building and they had to like trank her like King Kong or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, she falls to her death. <laughs> no, but that's but that's basically what they real what they ended up finding out the, what it was. Well, yeah, well, I guess that's better than drugs and alcohol. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah I, yeah great. So now we have some crazy lady that actually happened further north of my house. So I would have driven by it, but thankfully it didn't happen anywhere close to my house. Anyways, thanks a lot for saying it was my wife. Jordan. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey guys, it's the Wolf Man again. You're probably sick of hearing my voice by now, but uh, this time it's your fault. I just finished watching Spiral at the recommendation of the Mind Fuzz episode, and damn you both. I can't talk to anybody about this movie until they've seen it, and nobody I know has. So while I try to find a way to remedy that situation, I just figured I'd call in to say that I loved this movie. It comes with the highest recommendations, and... Damn you both for making me watch it before anybody else that I knew had. Bye. Hey, Mike and Johnny. Uh, Might have called in before for this episode, but I forgot to mention something that I thought I'd bring. Early in July, up in Indianapolis, they're going to be having the famous Monsters Horror Convention. Since Mike never seemed to get up here for Horror Hound, who knows? Maybe he'll be able to get up to Indianapolis for this one. If so, it'd be great to see him. Uh, this is the Wolfman, and I'll... Listen to you next time you're on the show. Bye. Dude, we never get tired of hearing anybody. I wonder is... Uh, Except for I ourselves. I wonder who's going to be at that convention. No, I, I, what was it? What, what convention was the it? The Famous Monsters. Oh, no. I, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't even really heard about that one. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Well, uh, Wolfman, I promise to be this, uh, this next year's spring horror hound. 
Johnny's going to be there too. I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> because they got the Texas Frightmare. It's only a month after that. And I don't know if I can save enough bucks and get enough time off. Really, dude? Why don't you just quit your bitching and, and save enough money for both? I don't know, man. I mean, oh, really? You're just going to let me go off? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I've said my piece. I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> well, I'll be there. And I know most of the douchebags are going to try to be there. Uh, Why doesn't everybody fucking come out to Texas Frightmare? Well, I don't know. It's just been kind of a, uh, that's kind of a tradition, I think, the horror hound, because it, it it's been it's been going on for for longer than I've been, uh, you know, doing the podcast and talking to other podcasters. But I guess that's just what they that's just kind of the thing to do. Uh, Ferguson and I are going to go up there, I think, and uh, Dead Derek might come with us, and I'm going to see if uh, a couple other guys want to come up too. So might so we might just have a good time. <laughs> you you may want to just try it out this year is all I'm saying. I might. All right, man. <laughs> oh, if I go, I'm probably going to fly out. <laughs> hey, Mike and Johnny. Spooky Bill here. Just listened to your Urban Legends episode. Yeah, I grew up not in Chicago. I tell people Chicago they don't know where I grew up, but um, near the town where Wayne's World took place. Um, anyway, it's not too far out, out of Chicago. And, uh, Cabrini Green is a real place, and uh, yeah, it's uh, something that everybody always talked about, and when the movie came out, we're like, oh man, Cabrini Green, man, you know, it's one of those places, but um, I got a story about that, not me, but my buddy Bill, in high school, he and some of his friends skipped school, I didn't, because I was kind of a little goody two-shoes, and uh, goody little two-shoes, anyway, um, they were... Dumb. They were driving, going downtown, and they ended up not in Cabrini Green, but near that area. Five Street, the Slayer, you know, hand sign, which by chance is also the, I, I believe it's Latin Kings, you know, it's also a gang sign. So they got jumped. They stopped at a stoplight, and they said they had two guys come up, uh, two cars come up, smashed their back window. He got a broken nose. They, uh, uh, you know, reached the car. <laughs> the car was jacked up. He he didn't tell his mom, so you know he took the tape off his nose. And it wasn't his car, so he didn't have to tell his mom. But yeah, um, kind of a scary place. Uh, and it's it's uh, it, the legends of Cabrini Green kind of uh, lend to the whole Candyman, I guess, mythos. Um, that, that's what I all I wanted to say about Cabrini Green. I do have kind of an interesting thing, and I don't have the book in front of me, so I can't tell you where this research was done. Um, but it had to do with with uh, bee sting allergies and uh, uh, hypnosis. Um, there were these studies done. Well, it wasn't on hypnosis per se. It was on uh, split personality disorder, fragmented personality, and... Take this for what you will, because, you know, researchers lie. I don't know when this research was done. Anyway, um, you know, people, a bunch of frou-frou, fuzzy bunnies, you know, doing stuff. We'll see what they want to see. Oh, I, excuse me. I didn't get to the point. Is that uh, they were doing studies on these split personalities where one one personality may have been allergic to bee stings and the other one not. So 
when sung by a bee, as a defense mechanism, this person would shift personalities, and the swelling would go down, and they would the breathing their breathing would ease up, and they they the allergic reaction would cease. But when they switched back, the allergic reaction would come back. So it it, it was kind of a mind over matter thing, you know. But yeah, you know, hippies. Uh, doing stuff, but uh, it was really interesting, and I really wish I had the book in front of me um, and could tell you more, but uh, it was, it was uh, yeah, like I said, it was interesting. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, that's enough for of my rambling. You guys keep up the awesome show, and I will see ya. Bitches! I don't like that he took our line. Uh, you can't just be throwing that around. I'm just teasing. Spooky Bill can take anybody's line. Wow. I don't know. And by, and by <laughs> lying, you mean virginity? <laughs> that guy's awesome. Dude, so, um, hippies. I'm going to have to call him out on something, though, man. What? Okay. He said, uh, he said that his friends got roughed up by the Latin kings. I didn't see anybody Hispanic in Candyman. <laughs> Dude, okay. Okay, now, between... Okay. You think of Chicago, okay? You think about Jordan... You know, you think about uh, you know Dub Bears and all you know those those big tubby guys and you know, how how awesome it is and mustaches and whatever. But man, I, really, all I've heard about Chicago it sucks. Man, like uh, like like fifty two people two weeks ago, like one two weekends ago, got shot, man, or something. And maybe I should uh, read the news closer, but uh, I'm not moving there, and I'm definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, you didn't read the article. They probably got like tetanus shots. <laughs> no, dude. No, it was a big deal because there was this whole. Uh, I think it was actually a suburb of uh, of Chicago or something like that because it was all about gun rights and you know gun issues, all political stuff. But uh, it, 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 one of the main points was that yeah, they have this ban on gu- on handguns. But uh, yeah, fifty two people got shot. Hey, most of those were with handguns. You know that that type of deal. <laughs> but uh, between that and Cabrini Green and not being able to drive around uh, shooting the devil horns while I listen to Slayer without getting killed by the Latin Kings, okay? Uh, yeah, I'm not moving there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care how awesome dudes' mustaches are, okay? They do have some kick-ass bands that come from Chicago. Yeah, well, guess what? I'm not going to Chicago to see them. No, I wouldn't either. Wait for them to come to your town and then throw up the horns and they'll shank you off the stage. <laughs> you know what? That's okay because there's more of us than there are them. You know? <laughs> so, so, so that's cool, man. That's um, awesome. Oh, what else? What else was he talking about? Uh, we talked about the bee sting and the multiple personalities. Oh, yeah. That's wild. That's insane, man. Like, I don't know how that. Like, I don't know how your body could be allergic to something and then another personality. It wouldn't be. It's just kind of weird. Dude, it's all metaphysical, man. It's all, it's all reading your body's chi, man. Man, is that like if uh, you know one part of the body slept with some like tranny hooker and got crabs, but then convinced himself that the other personality didn't have the crabs? Well, the problem is, is you have to get the crabs to play along, you know. So, so maybe if it was something like uh, herpes or gonorrhea. You know the 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 inflammation would go down, but since it's not like that, it's not like you can just have your other personality flick off all the crabs walking around in your balls. You better hope the crabs have multiple personalities too. Exactly, man. <laughs> they all look is... like Two Face from Batman. 
That's gross. I can't believe we're talking so flippantly about such a, a terrible malady as crabs. Speaking of crabs. God damn it, Mike. You called me out like three times on your goddamn show, and you just decided to entice me to call in. Well, it's that, and I'm sitting in my car waiting for a friend of mine to get out of the airport, and I thought, why not give the guy the CL a call? Hi, this is Sin from the Creepy Kitch Podcast. I know Stacey and I are, like, way behind on touching base with you guys, but I haven't actually called in since uh, Cadaver Love uh, 2.0 has come in, so I'm way behind. I just wanted to call and tell you guys that I really love the new format. It's been fantastic and fun to listen to. I love Cadaver Classics. I love Slasher Central. God, I can't even speak. Slasher Central. Ah, yes, and you can hear more quality like that on my own podcast. Uh, anyway, I adore it. You guys are doing great. Johnny, you're adorable. I love you. You have the cutest little voice, and I really think you're an asset to the show. Uh, so props to you. Stacey and I just love you guys. And goddamn it, stop calling me out on your damn podcast. Half the inside jokes that you keep mentioning are from Twitter, and nobody gives a shit. Anyway, can't wait till we get voicemail so you guys can uh, call in and drive us nuts. Uh, Keep up the good work. Love you guys. Can't wait till the next episode. Talk to you later. Bye. I'm blushing. Dude, you you got such a cute little voice. And by the way, since I care, okay? I love that. And and I I do care about those Twitter uh, inside jokes, too. See, see, you're missing out if you're not tweeting along with us. Wow, that sounded totally dumb. That's all. She's the actually the first woman who's ever complimented my uh, my twelve year old boy voice. Oh, dude, you're just so cute. <laughs> Those two girls. It's weird. It's okay for them to say they love us, but if we say we love them, it's weird because we're dudes, you know. But uh, th- let's just say the feeling is mutual. Okay. Oh hell yeah, their show rocks. <laughs> oh, dude, awesome. All right, man. Uh, you ready for the metal one? Yeah. I'm telling you, Mike, you just don't understand us black metalers, man. You don't get what it's like to just stand out in the freezing cold and in the dead of a wintry forest looking all angsty with our corpse paint. You just don't get it, man. You just do not get it. Well, actually, you do. But this is Metal Mikey. Uh, I just couldn't help but riff on the emo kids' angst. From the last episode of Cadaver Lab I listened to, which, by the way, was an awesome episode. First off, great job from uh, Stephen and yourself on discussion of Psycho. Outside of, you know, discussing Stephen's ball sack, it was actually very enlightening. And also, with the main episode topic, which was Lucky McGee, you actually kind of turned me on to a director that I really haven't paid much attention to and honestly have not seen the film of. I've heard of May over and over again, and, you know, there's a part of me that's curious about it, like, oh, I really do want to check this out. But on the other hand, it's just sort of like, well, wait, I've kind of dated freaky, bizarre women like that in my past. And no, necessarily that is not a good thing. It's more of just like, ugh. Well, they haven't at least removed any of my body parts, apparently. But now, after listening to this episode, I'm just like, you know, I really do want to see all these Lucky McGee movies. And the thing that surprised me the most out of this episode, not so much hearing all these movies that I just kind of passed over, and now I'm sort of like, oh, I really do want to see these. But the fact that Misty Monday puts out a quality performance, that completely astonishes me. 
Don't get me wrong. Misty Monday, she is very adorable. I wouldn't turn her down in the least. But quality actress? Uh, um, no, not really. <laughs> but hearing a role that she performs that is kind of quality, I'm pretty curious about. So anyways, to you, Mike, and lest I forget to good old Johnny, I do have to congratulate you on another fine episode. I can't wait to hear the upcoming episode. And I completely fucking forgot what you were going to do for the next episode, but oh well. Anyways, talk to you later. Bye. First of all, I freaking live in Utah, okay? It gets so nuts cold here in the in the winter that all we do is paint our faces white and go look mean in the forest, okay? Mike waited in a line that was about 3,000 people deep outside in his leather Speedos with his face paint on to go see The Cure. Wow. I don't know. Did you get Did you get that on the, you see some of that Facebook update, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, so actually, the, I like The Cure. I can't say shit about The Cure. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. Dude. Uh, <laughs> Mikey rocks. But I was going to say, I can't believe you haven't seen May, man. Oh, man. That, that almost like hurts my feelings. That's a great movie. Oh, let me let me go ahead and say right now that we've all dated that chick. Well, not everybody. Most Most guys have dated that chick or known that chick. And it's not always a bad thing. The movie rocks. Um, you know, and let, if you're into CBT, that's... No, sheesh. Let, let's put it this way, though. That's the kind of chick you date and don't tell your buddies about. So, <laughs> well, until she kills your buddies. Well, okay, and, and, okay that's, and that's fair enough. But for those who don't quite get it, get to that point, it's like every single one of us has dated one of those. And if, if, they didn't, if someone denies it, then that just means they're liars. It's kind of like... Uh, well, what's the old saying? There's uh, two types of dudes that whack it. Dudes. The, the guys who do and the guys who lie about doing it. <laughs> exactly. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. You need to see May. And, that, you know, I am I I have hurt, hurt feelings until you see May. You and need to see you... Sick Girl, man. Boobies. Oh, yeah. Itty bitties. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, guys. It's Gracie's Poppy. Johnny, I've already done this, but I want to thank you again for the awesome comments you made about me pumping up the forums. I started this because a while back you mentioned about how dead the boards were, and I was thinking, yeah, somebody really should do something about that. Then I figured, well, why the hell can I do it? So, you know, that's what I've been doing. So thanks, man. It was really cool of you. Mike, uh, you're a dick. Well, okay, not really, but come on, man. You're the reason why I joined the forums in the first place. Now, new people are less likely to join up if they think they won't be able to talk to you. Because sure as shit, they ain't going to join up just to talk to my dumbass. Now, while I'm here, uh, let me take care of some business. All right, people. I'm giving Mike a hard time here, but he does actually jump on the forums from time to time. Just not as often as he should. But there are tons of really cool people there you can talk to. You got Johnny, of course. And Gray jumps on in between uh, the like the five podcasts that he does. Um, Ferguson's there, and we got two members of the Burt Bacharach Flight Club, Johnny T and Neutron Sixty Nine. So you can talk horror movies with them, and I'm pretty sure they won't mind if you want to tell them how cool their music is. Uh, let's see, we have Florida Possum, Spooky Bill, and Zombie Girl, who's uh, rubbing our faces and how talented she is. 
Uh, seriously, though, she posts some really cool sketches and paintings that she's done. And you guys really got to join up just to check that out. It's worth the price of admission. Look, I could spend like, at least 15 minutes telling you all the cool people that are on the forums. But instead, why don't you just join up and find out for yourselves? It'll cost you nothing. Well, except maybe a little heartbreak when a certain site administrator decides that he's too cool to hang out with us. But you'll get over that. Uh, eventually. Alright, one last thing. Every once in a very little while, if the planets are aligned just right, sometimes we have a Sam sighting. Alright, so come on and join up. Alright guys, that's it for now. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Man, he's like worse than my wife. <laughs> that dude's awesome, man. Dude, you know what? I actually uh, talked to him today and I, and I asked him if he wants to become a um, an admin to help us out with uh, you know, just the, the new people signing up and whatever. So we're going to set him up. And uh, no, I appreciate it, man. That's, I'll tell you what. I'll be honest with you. I've been working a little bit on the Corpse Collective and uh, the Salty Horse stuff. But, but you know what? I mean... That's all up and running now. It's just all to, uh, uh, you know, write stories and stuff for the for the the Corpse Collective. But I intend on getting on there, and uh, I just don't. I, I have one thing though about uh, Brit Zombie Girl, aka Zoe. She's awesome. Um, did she? Did he just say how talented she is at rubbing your face in it? Oh, <laughs> well, I didn't catch all that. I, what? I, mean, I heard isn't him say that, she was talented. Isn't that a little obscene. <laughs> Come on, give Zoe a break. Well, she is awesome, man. Okay, no, she, you know, in 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 all, in all reality, I know what he's talking about, and she is talented as shit. I mean, everything from uh, you know the prosthetic makeup and stuff she does to her paintings, and or it looks like a uh, a lot of like um, pastels and stuff, man. But she's awesome. Yep, absolutely, man. Forums, get on them. <laughs> That's awesome. No. Thanks, man. That I'm glad awesome. he's pimping it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you know what's funny is uh, every once in a while he'll still throw a, uh, a little, hey, dumbass, get on the forums to me. <laughs> so, hey, thanks. Oh, I just love that, or send your facts now. That just cracks me up when I call. Um, since clearly you're too lazy to take any notes or make any bullet points, I took some notes so I could respond. However... I did it over a period of several days because I kept getting interrupted and I had like an emergency and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So some of the notes really don't make sense to me now because I like only wrote my response and I can hardly remember what I was responding to. So if it, maybe you can remember. Oh, now, the first one I do remember, um, do not be dissing Vince Vaughn because where would we be without movies like Dodgeball? I love Dodgeball. What about Fred Claus? Wedding Crashers? Okay, it doesn't get much better than that. But you know what? Beside that, besides the whole Vince Vaughn thing, I mean, screw him. It didn't even matter because you know why? It had Vigo. The remake of Psycho had Vigo Mortensen in it. So it really didn't even, actually, it didn't need a score. It didn't need dialogue. All it needed was a static shot of Vigo, and I would have been fine for 90 minutes. Okay, um, let's see. Da, 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 da. What's next? Um, okay, oh, that's what, I, I wrote a note that said, I'll, I'll do my own bullet points, but you'll probably regret it. So, okay, a poultry geist. I can't talk, and I haven't even had a drink. Um, I am a stupid ass 
adolescent-minded jackass I wrote that? Oh, I guess because you have to be a stupid ass adolescent mind. I got it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, and I probably am because I own every Broken Lizard movie from the very first Puddle Cruiser or whatever it was to the very last, the Slam and Salmon. So I can be as adolescent as anyone. Um, okay, and then I've got a little thing that says, then there was a brief boner discussion. It probably wasn't brief, knowing y'all. Uh, and then I've got a, a note that says, Pimp Book. Okay, that's the book I'm in, a pimp, the book I'm in. I'm in the book, my first published story, Letters from the Dead, um, available on Amazon.com. It's the Library of the Living Dead Press. Please buy it. Uh, that's all I have to say about that for right now. Um, okay, now, and then I think there's like a day break in here. I came back. Um, I'm getting, oh, yeah, I'm getting ready to watch Madman tonight, so I'll let you know what I think of that. Um, Behind the Mask. Oh, yeah, um, Mike said that he kind of liked to hang out with the Leslie Vernon guy, and I just did want to let you know, Mike, before you made that decision, that he is gay. And that's fine with me. I just wanted to make sure you understood that Leslie is gay. And then, oh, <laughs> this is really good. The Brazilian boy shorts are the thongs. Okay. You know, Mike, man, I can't even believe this. I'm going to go in and do something I have never done on a phone call before. I don't, I, I don't know how long I'm in an answering machine you've got, but we'll see. Anyway, I'm going to go in and interrupt my husband in World of Warcraft, and I'm going to ask him which he prefers. I, I, this is, I haven't, I haven't told him anything in advance. He won't even know what I'm talking about, except. He will know which one he likes. And I can tell you right now, he likes Brazilian boy shorts better. Okay? So I'm walking, walking, walking past the TV, walking into the computer room. Okay. Honey, I'm recording this for a podcast, and I just have one question for you. Can you hear? See, that's World of Warcraft. No, no, that's Call of Duty. Sorry. Um, which do you prefer, boy shorts or songs? Songs keep getting stuck in my ass. So No, um, no, on me. Or on you. Um oh, boy shorts are great. Okay, see, Mike, what did I tell you? Okay, you are just like way out of it, okay? And you probably couldn't hear him because he had a soft voice, but at first he responded, the thongs keep getting stuck in his ass. So but you know, I pointed out hey, it was you know, what he liked to see me in. Okay. Um, me, okay, I'm back in the bedroom. Um, got that, got that. Blood Night, yes, it was very good. I enjoyed it. Um, but clearly not as much as you bollockers did. Um, oh, and Mike, one last question. What were you trying to say about older women? I didn't quite get it. Maybe you want to explain it to me, you know? Um, send me a PM, post it on the forum, something. And my closing comment is Pimp Book. That's the book I'm in. I am letter 41. Letters from the Dead, available on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, and Amazon.uk. See ya! Wow! That was awesome. Doug, I feel like, I, feel like a, um, I need to explain a couple things. Thongs get stuck in your ass, too? <laughs> No. Are you kidding me? You're talking to a guy who's free balling at 24-7, okay? 
Um, not true. Uh, the older women, I don't even know what I said. Do you remember what I said? No, but you know where I stand. I did Cougar Nation. That's oh yeah, that's right. I I think um, sometimes I worry that uh, people have gotten pissed at me. Not like well, kind of recently for things that I've said in old episodes. And you have to realize that most of the time I'm just being a jackass and I don't really remember what I said. So hopefully that was one. That was a case of just me being a jackass. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. No, nah, I could have made anything you think, too bad. You think I'm safe? You think you think I'm safe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, by the way, what was that movie that uh, Viggo Mortensen was in? Your was it? Uh, he was a he was a driver for a like a Russian. Oh, uh, uh, History of Violence. Oh no, it was it was another one like that. It was like oh, uh, Eastern Promises. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, where he's yeah, like yeah. ball flapping in the shower. Yeah, and I was gonna say, I bet she about lost it with the ball flapping scene, man. <laughs> him flying around that little thing smacking around it was like a it was like a, a like a drum circle man oh, she, she was <laughs> she was down with the cbt <laughs> yeah you know me i cannot believe you just went there that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, i'd still hang out with leslie vernon that i don't i don't care about that i didn't know he was gay um well, I guess. Well, you, come on, you had to assume he's handsome. He cuts his hair nice. He works out. Come on, right? No, I'm just teasing. Oh no, I just. I mean, the reason I thought that was kind of weird because on his uh, MySpace profile, it's like him with a woman and two kids. Um, but it could be a sister and her kids, or something, or they could be like an ex and his kids. I don't know. Or maybe he's getting ready to kill them. <laughs> hey, speaking of gay, I actually marched in the Oklahoma City Pride Parade yesterday. Oh, how was that? Awesome, dude. I always go out to it with my friends, but uh, this year I actually got to be part of it. Oh, what what were you uh, marching under the banner of? Uh, actually, it was the Gay Softball League. You play in the Gay Softball League? I don't, but I'm going to start. Actually, all my friends do, so. Wait a second. Don't you have to be gay? No. They're allowed, I think, one or two straight people per team. <laughs> I'm a ringer. No? <laughs> I was going to say. No, actually, dude, I wouldn't be. I'd be like the weakest guy on the team. You hear, you hear my voice? It's just cute. Oh, it's so adorable. I'm three foot tall, man. I'm like an I'm like a freaking Keebler elf. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's a whole fetish thing. That, that's why people keep you around. Oh <laughs> my so, gosh, so that's what Johnny will do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know what's funny about pol- poultry, uh, poultry guys? Gosh dang. Um, I watched, the, what was that making of documentary, The Truth is Stranger Than Chicken? Isn't that like feature length? Yo, dude, and it is unbelievably good. It's amazing because the it's just, it's so shocking to see what they, what the kind of crap they were putting up with and what they went through. And such an awesome movie came out. Because watching that, you would, there was no way you would guess that an awesome movie came out of that. Are you I serious? Try, like a lot, no, of, I, a lot of trouble? I'm dead serious. Well, everybody was complaining. And and Lloyd was yelling at everybody. Was it and like put on for the camera though, or was it, it real? You know, it, it could have been, but it, it all seemed real to me. You know, it, I mean, it's funny because he, you'd get somewhere he was where he was, uh, you know, directing, and then he'd be just like yelling at everyone. Then they then they'd be doing an interview of him. He's like, "Oh, everything's going just fine. Everything's wonderful." You know, but uh, everyone's kind of rolling their eyes at the same time. No, it was actually really good, and it was uh, um, it was amazing. It's got a got a uh, wiener. It's got a junk alert, though. You have to keep that in mind. 
uh, the very first thing. In fact, uh, I, I, I turned it on and I looked down on my computer. I started typing. My wife comes in. What are you watching? I look up. There's some naked dude and two naked chicks rolling around. Oh, I, I got busted. <laughs> that's awesome. No, but it was, it was actually really cool. So, no, that's awesome. I'd like to second. Um, I love all the Broken Lizard movies, too. Man, I, I can't go with you there, man. That's what was that? What was that cop one? Uh, Super Troopers. I thought that one was hilarious. Well, see, I That's... like them all, but I think my favorite's either Club Dread or Super Troopers. I didn't like Club Dread, and I've only seen it the one time. Maybe I needed to give it another shot, but yeah, I had not been able to to get into that. I think anyway, you need to rewatch it. Maybe I will. It's uh, literally. It's. I think I saw it in the theaters, and that was it. Oh yeah, it is. I think it's my favorite, man. Really? It's hard to say. I mean, Super Troopers is so awesome, but... Oh, I, li- I like Super Troopers a lot. It's between those two. All right, man. We'll give it another shot. And uh, one last thing. Any kind of women's underwear with the word boy in it gives me the creeps. Well, no, she didn't say there's a boy in the underwear. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I I get that, okay? Come on. Give me some credit. <laughs> and I, I wish those were called uh, ass-tightener uppers. Because, yeah. I could go for those. You know, come on. As long as there's not a penis in the boy shorts, you're fine. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's the truth, isn't it? <laughs> all right, well, that's all the voicemails we got, man. That's awesome, man. We that really appreciate awesome. them. That, yeah, that kicks ass. Hey, um, let's, uh, let's break for a little while and uh, play some uh, Cadaver Classics. What do you think? Kick ass. All right, man. Now it's time for Cadaver Classics. No. No! Grayabi! It's I who repudiate you, and in the name of Satan I place a curse upon you. Go ahead. Tie me down to the stake, but you will never escape my hunger, nor that of Satan! Chained elements of the powers of darkness are lying in ambush. Beware, Griabi. My revenge will strike down you and your accursed house. And in the blood of your sons and the sons of their sons, I will continue to live immortal. They will restore to me the life that you now rob from me. Oh, oh I shall return to torment and destroy throughout the nights of time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cadaver Classics. With me is Steve. What's up, my man? Uh, the same thing was up like 15 minutes ago when you fucked up. Oh, man. We <laughs> have had some technical difficulties. You know what? And I'll, and I'll be honest with you guys, okay? I mean, we had one of the funniest ball conversations that we have ever had, okay? Am I lying to him, man? No, man. It was fucking hysterical. We had... It, we, <laughs> We didn't really fuck up. We just had to stop fucking recording because we were fucking blowing out the mics, fucking laughing so goddamn hard. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah. Oh, man. I wish, Don't we always. I know, but, but really, the listeners, I am so sorry that it didn't work out that you got to hear it. Uh, really, you <laughs> probably missed the greatest fucking conversation ever. Well, let's just put it this way. I learned what CBT porn is. 
Yes, and um, and and, uh, no, and and you just can't recreate that when somebody actually learns what that is. You know, no, I mean, the, 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 it, the... it's like it's like one. <laughs> Once you've, uh, you can't become a CBT knowledge virgin again, is all I'm saying. No, you can't. I guess what we could do is, like, do, like, uh-huh. a reaction of you actually watching Cock and Ball Torture. No. Yeah, I think, I, I think it would be fun, I, you know, like the two girls, one cup thing, or, or pretty much any link that Dave <laughs> sends us. No, you, no kidding. You know what, I have to admit, did some of those uh, links that Dave has, uh, has sent to us, I've uh, bitly, you know what bitly is? It shortens up your uh, <laughs> your URL, and then it kind of masks what it is. I've yeah. sent those out, and I've gotten hate mail and uh, calls from people for <laughs> sending those out to them. Yeah. Like, uh, what was that? I, I don't even, I don't even want to describe what it is. All right, well, you but, know but, what but you see, did, David. Yeah, exactly. And and what's so funny is you'll be right, because everybody knows Dave's a bit. If Dave from Cheap and Dirty is a bit of an intellectual. You know, he's always talking to us about philosophy and stuff, and we're, you know, and using big words and stuff. And we'll be having these <laughs> yeah. deep, meaningful conversations, you know, about existentialism <laughs> or what have you. And they right in the middle of the it, he'll, party he'll, on yeah, us. yeah, he'll drop like the cockspin video on you, like, <laughs> you know, like right in the middle of this conversation. Just, I think, I think so. We don't seem as smart as he does. Well, you know, because then we're, it would, it would we're completely like off our game after that. It's like, you know. and then it's like, well, it's like, oh no, those guys are catching up to me. I gotta throw in some uh, old men doing it to each other. Yeah, exactly. I'll send them way off their game. <laughs> That's probably what he does to everyone. You know? Yeah. I, listen, I, listen. I heard that. I heard your uh, that that uh, our last on the last JFMP, we we did some bagging on. Uh, Good old Mr. David, and you know what? I, I I love Dave, man. I I don't want to make every episode about bagging on him, even though we probably could. We probably could, and he's pretty got coming, to be perfectly honest. But you know, he is no, one of us. Absolutely. So we'll have to cut him a little slack. But um, <laughs> I guess he gets a pass. He gets a pass. Uh, we, we haven't fucked with James though. Well, James, he got himself a co-host. Oh yeah, I bet that's who does the CBT to him. <laughs> Yes, you know what? I feel like I feel really knowledgeable now that you can just say the uh, the acronym there or whatever, and then I can the initials, and then I can just oh yeah, oh I know what that is. Because the first time you said it, you kept talking as if I knew what it was, mm-hmm. and I'm just like cat. And, <laughs> but what? Oh, what the heck does that stand for? But no, I feel better now in knowing what CBT stands for. Thank you. Uh, well, you, let's at least share uh, what brought the conversation on. Are you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, yes, we, please, we have to do this because this is, like I said before, uh, this is probably <laughs> the greatest sentence I've ever heard. All right. So, our good friend uh, Johnny uh, Tabraham, is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, he sent he sent us uh, a little news article from the UK. The headline is "Woman Jailed for Testicle Attack." Uh, and then I, I built it in and asked you if um, she attacked testicles or she attacked someone using testicles as a weapon. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for that one because I think that, you know, <laughs> you know, you're just walking down the street and somebody starts fucking pelting you with testicles. It's <laughs> Well, if you think about it, she may have tried to commit suicide through choking. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, oh, sorry, I'm getting yeah, ahead of yeah, myself. you're getting ahead of yourself. Because... Sorry, sorry. Because here's the sentence that changed journalism forever for me. 
She pulled off his left testicle and tried to swallow it before spitting it out. A friend handed it back to Mr. Jones, saying, that's yours. Now, if that, if that is not the greatest bit of reporting I have ever seen in my life, I don't fucking know what is. Well, you know... And it's, then, one those, uh, it's one of those things that just leaves you, leaves you wanting more information about this couple's relationship. Yeah. It's like you couldn't have just started there. I mean, what led up to that? Yeah, exactly. What, what led up to not only ripping it off, but feeling like you needed to put it in her mouth? Yeah, it's, it's I, just it's so fucking bizarre. Um, let's see. In his statement, Mr. Jones said she grabbed his genitals and pulled hard. <laughs> yeah, you probably have to. Yeah. This is where the whole CBT happened, because you're like, right, because I've, I've seen so much CBT, and those suckers, they may swell a little bit, but they're pretty resilient. Yeah. Yep. Okay, now we're back right, on track. Right, first off, I don't think I said I've seen so many CBT. <laughs> oh, come on, BS. Listen, you've seen one. You've seen so many. Okay. Yeah, you've seen too many. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'll bet. He added, that caused my underpants to come off, and I found I was completely <laughs> naked and in an excruciating pain. Duh. But are you, she even ripped his balls out. Through the scrotum, <laughs> through his underwear. Well, I guess he, she pulled his son. I don't fucking know. See, there's so there's, Ooh, I don't even there's, know. there's so much more you need to know about this story. That we're, we need a reenactment. Are you volunteering? No. This is where we'll bring James and his new co-host, uh, Joyce. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, they're probably the two best fit for it. Yeah, absolutely. We, the, yeah, we can, we can have Dr- Dread Blood in. Theater. This week on Dread Blood Theater, the Mr. Jones <laughs> testicle disaster. <laughs> the, the CBT extraordinaire. Yes. Too much. But, but, the, but, the, but the lesson we want to leave all of you dear listeners with, if you ever say to your um, loved one, put my balls in your mouth, you might want to be specific to leave them in the scrotum when they do it. Because, you, know, you know, you said that last time, but I didn't hear you right. That's actually funny. Oh. Wow. Bravo. Well, thank you. Bravo to you. And, um, and, and to you ladies, apparently it's hard to swallow a testicle hole because, you well. could you, could you imagine if the Heimlich maneuver would have ended up being involved in this whole sordid affair? <laughs> I kind of see and, it. And as what was the when, friend? Uh, what was the friend doing? All right, the guy's in his yeah. underwear. Um, she's ripping his balls off, and you've got the friend going. What? What are they doing? <laughs> they're just they're just kind of standing around. Are they going? To, sure are they going? Too to, bad, like are you? You know? Oh my god! This like, this whole situation. Mouth, we, that crosses the line. We we need more information. So if I anyone do, is familiar with this case, please call the Cadaver Lab voicemail or send a, a fucking email because we weren't to know the whole story. Uh, I, I mean, and we weren't to know before it becomes a lifetime movie of the week. Well, or it, it turns into some kind of a urban legend, which uh, Stephen will start telling everybody. Yeah, yeah. We'll start, As if it's truth, yeah. Yeah, we'll start saying that happened to This is real. You got it from a, a, a reputable English website news website right right this is like the, this the, is actually is from the sun? this is from the bbc 
And well, the uh, BBC. Yes. Are they reputable? Uh, Just as, as far as I know, they they sound reputable <laughs> with their accents. They, yeah, I was gonna say, but but you could say yeah. cock and ball torture, yes. and that sounds uh, reputable in a, in an English accent. I, I found I was in excruciating pain after my testicles were ripped off, and 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 you sound smart saying it. Oh, I stuck his ball yeah. in my mouth and tried to swallow it. It was a bit too large, well, so I, I spit it out. Wouldn't that wouldn't that sound more like oh, 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 nothing? No. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I have to apologize. I don't know how the accent sounds when you've got a testicle in your mouth. <laughs> my, when, oh, that's great. So, any listeners in the UK, if you, we'd like to hear your impersonation of trying to suck someone's ball down your throat, because because that accent just that accent, that accent makes even that accent sound intelligent. Oh, oh, that would just but, be awesome. <laughs> but apparent, and apparently, though, I mean, she says she doesn't remember what happened. I, I have to assume there was like drugs involved. Uh, you would at least hope. Yeah, or she was in one of those uh, semi comas that the British are want to fall into with their with a, quasi with a touch delirium, of delirium and, whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, that kicks, man. Oh, yeah. It's, that's that's great stuff. And I think so we covered to, it okay. Yeah. So thanks to I think, Johnny I, I T. Think it, that seemed natural. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Johnny T, you're the man. You yes. And um, God save the queen. Or the queen's ball. The queen's. Yeah. Never mind the bollocks. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. We're, she's the sex pistols. See, even I got that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, that was just dumb. All, All right, right. Let, let's move on. We're going to be talking about Black <laughs> Sunday. All right, so we're going to be talking about the John Frankenheimer classic uh, starring uh, Bruce Dern, based on the novel by Thomas Harris. And uh, Thomas Harris would later become uh, famous for uh, Silence of the Lambs and creating one of horror's greatest icons, Hannibal Lecter. Uh, the movie yes. uh, Silence of the Lambs, directed, of course, by Jonathan Demme. Uh, I'm missing anything. Uh, the movie on which you based your whole string of thought there. Why? What's wrong? You said Black Sunday. Because, well, you're right, Black Sunday. However, I meant the 1960 Mario Bava classic. Damn it. I, um, is that going to be a, prob- be a problem? Um, I might have to wing it on that one. Well, since I didn't watch either movie for this, uh, for this episode, I think it'll be sixes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, uh, Black, cares, Black right? Sunday, starring the absolutely scrumptious Barbara Steele. Now, let me ask you, before we get into talking about the movie, I, I want to talk to you about Barbara Steele. Now, hot, yes. But she has a very, uh, like like a strange look to her, that every once in a while she just looks really bizarre and not hot. What do you think? Are you talking am I, about... Am I blaspheming? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think so. I would. Ne- I don't think I've ever seen her from an angle that would make me not want to do her. However, well, yeah, but you have but, low standards. Come on, no, no, no. Yeah, I'll tell my wife you said that and see what she says. Oh, dude, dude. dude please do. Not. <laughs> I love Star Please Trek. don't. Please don't. No, I'm a jerk. No, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. She's. She's got a very unique look. 
But Very unique. I, but I, I find her absolutely captivating. Well, and the thing is, is I think I think that's one of her. Uh, I think what I'm talking about is the fact that yeah, she's gorgeous. But at the same time, I think she can play well and has that, and she has that little maybe a, the look that's not quite classic. So she does well in the in these uh, roles in these horror movies that I love so much, you know. Yeah, and she, and you know this is not this is not the first time or the only time that she'll kind of, well in this case she's playing the good guy and the bad character. Right. But, you know this is not the per- you know she can slide easily between the two. Because she does have kind of a, a a look that you know, you know she can be the devil or the angel. Well, yep, and you're right. In this case, both. Mm-hmm. Man, man, that tied itself up in a bow for us. Yeah, well, that little conversation there. Uh, anyway, uh, Black Sunday came pros. out. That's right. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's why we had to do the whole intro again. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, Black Sunday or uh, the Mask of Satan. Which uh, I think is a much more appropriate name, if you ask me. Well, it's certainly uh, scarier. Oh, because it, it Black, does... Black, Black Sunday could refer to an attack on the Super Bowl, which isn't really that scary, depending on who's playing. <laughs> well, sometimes sometimes um, it would be more interesting than the actual fucking game. Well, in in uh, is that what that is that what the nineteen seventy seven movies about the attack on the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think they he rigs like a bomb to the uh, Goodyear blimp. That's weak. It was actually, but I don't remember. I remember, I remember seeing the movie as a kid. It was like the ABC Sunday movie of the week, Black Sunday. <laughs> but I, I did read the novel. I did read the novel after I read Silence of the Lambs, just because uh-huh. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to read more Thomas Harris. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. it was a nice yeah, Mask of Satan. Thriller. You can't you can't name that Mask of Satan. No, because uh, well, have you seen you have you wrong. seen Bruce Dern? No, have you seen Laura <laughs> no. Dern? She looks like she's wearing the mask of Satan about half the time. <laughs> oh, dude, right. that's cold, man. I uh, know. I love her though. <laughs> of course you do. Your little standards and all. Yeah. Well, she's willing to show her <laughs> little titties. So. <laughs> well, that's all you need. Plus, she's in one of uh, my favorite movies, fucking Wild at Heart. I fucking love Wild at Heart. Oh, me too, man. Really, it's not a horror movie. You what? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> oh, directed by Mario Bava, the horror legend. Who? Uh, you know what? Let, let me uh, let me go ahead and, and uh, take a minute to explain a little bit about Mario Bava. Oh, please if, do. If you don't mind, please educate oh, okay. me. Uh, absolutely. Um, Mario Bava actually started his career working for his father. In a, he was, what, what was he, the head special effects or, like, visual effects um, guy for none other than Benito Mussolini's movie company. That's right, that Benito Mussolini. Are you sure it was Benito? I thought it was Jeff Mussolini. I don't know who Jeff Mussolini is. I, it's, it's, his less, quite... it's his lesser known, less fascist brother. Less fascist? Sure. <laughs> 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 oh, that's excellent. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but uh, he actually started his career in, uh, in doing a lot of cinematography, you know, setting up shots, things like that. And uh, watching this movie, I think that uh, it's fairly apparent that, uh, it, well, at least in my opinion, that he is uh, a master at setting up these shots, 
um, setting up the sets the way he wants. You know, just, I mean, just it's it's a pleasure to watch this movie. Was that was that way too over the top? Pleasure no, to watch. No, Who talks no, like I, that? Um, you do. Mormons, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, am and, the, and I am the voice for all. Well, and and that's the thing with uh, Baba. You know, his father was a cinematographer, uh, had a background in visual effects, and Baba, you know, worked worked for a cinematographer for, as a cinematographer for the longest time. And what right. happened? There was a string of productions, including one by oh, God. What's his name? Uh, Turner, the uh, guy that did uh, Night of the Demon. Turner, yeah. Turner. Yep. That um, you know, Baba had to step in and rescue these productions as a cinematographer and take over as director and bring these in yeah, on he... time and on budget. And now, what finally... movie was that? Because didn't Tornare just leave and then uh, and then uh, Baba was just said, "Hey, we need somebody to finish this. You do it." Type of situation. I... Yeah, it was a. I think it was Giant of Marathon, starring Steve Reeves. Oh yeah. What. Uh, when one of the classic Steve Reeves gladiator movies, you know, from the sixties that were so popular. Okay. Um, I think that yeah, was a uh, mystery science theater. I don't know. They've done, I think they've done several Steve Reeves movies. Uh, anyway, anyway, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, I mean, I, you were on a roll there, but, but no, I mean, you get the idea. It was one of those things where, uh, I think Leone ended up, you know, kind of getting started the same way. So, you know, stepping into other people's productions, and mm-hmm. finishing them off for them. And uh, after uh, the Tornare <laughs> debacle, uh, they said, look, we're going to give you the money to make whatever movie you want since you've done such a good job you know, bailing us out. And right. the movie he chose was, was what would become Black Sunday. Which was, uh, I, you know, I, I saw, that's surprising that this was, um, this, so you're saying this is his first directorial movie? This is his first actual start to finish uh, directorial credit, yes. Right. Wow. Before that, before that, uh, it was all visual effects and cinematography. Mm-hmm. And one, I mean, one of the things that right off the bat with this movie, Baba is kind of known for his use of color, uh, mm-hmm. and this being a black and white feature, it still looks absolutely stunning. And well, I think from, what he did is, I mean, I don't. I think that before there was color. Now, and I don't know if he did any color movies before this, but I mean, you look at the way he used uh, background and shadows, and uh, you know j- the way he had things set up. I mean, every set on there was gorgeous. Yeah, and absolutely. It, it, and there's always, from the director's standpoint, though. I mean, whenever the action is kind of slow, mm-hmm. the camera is always moving or the camera is set up behind something interesting or maybe focused on something different other than, you know, the guy walking down the hall. He'll pick something interesting to point the camera at in the foreground uh-huh. and let the background action just kind of, you know, happen and then make it the focus once it becomes important again. And, you know, so it keeps, I mean, it keeps you engrossed in the movie the entire time. Now, the mm-hmm. plot I have a lot of fucking problems with because... We can get into that later, but as far as right. as far as the look and the direction of this movie, it is absolutely stunning. Well, and, and I actually go- think that that makes up for some of the 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 you know the shortcomings of the plot and you know shortcoming there. I mean, there were a few goofs here and there, but the thing is, is I mean, it, it, for me watching this movie, it was easy to forgive because 
of just the the ambiance of the film, you know. So it's like, wow, I'm in this awesome uh, environment, you know. And oh, I saw that, but you know, I, I didn't really register because of what was what, what's kind of going on around it. Right, and you know, we're, we're talking about a guy, you know, as we said, this is his first, you know, true directing job. But this, uh-huh. I mean, this, I mean, obviously, he had tons of experience beforehand and been on movie sets all of his life. But for him to come out of the gate with something as stunning as this, I mean, just, I mean, some of the scenes I went back and watched over and over again, like, for instance, there's the one scene where, like, the doctor throws the uh, rock into the water, and it fades into another scene, and then the camera moves around to, yeah, he throws the rock into the water, and then it dissolves into another scene, and then the Mm -hmm. camera moves around through the woods, to bring you up to the girl milking the cow. And it's like, wow, you know, it ties everything fucking together with this camera movement mm-hmm. in such a way that it's, I mean, it's just incredible that, you know, the forethought that went into it. I was just say, I think it made such a great uh, um, transition that it's like, it was, I mean, a seamless transition. It wasn't like, I mean, I don't want to bag on uh, Lucas or whatever, but I mean, it was... It, it, I mean, it wasn't like a wipe or whatever where, I mean, I'm not saying that's not a good thing, but it's like, okay, here is a definite stop in, in the new one, and here's a new scene. Where that one, it's like all of a sudden, you know, you're as you're watching it, you're you're just kind of gently put into the next scene. Yeah, absolutely. And there there's tons of stuff like that, you know, where the camera will move from the fireplace to the, you know, around the room to something else that's, you know, important that you need to see. And I, I even have to wonder if Sam Raimi maybe saw this movie because you have that one scene where you have the kind of invisible force, you know, POV moving through the the castle, knocking stuff mm-hmm. over, and it's just the camera going, you know, through these big rooms and down the halls and knocking over books and suits of armor and what have you. And it, I was like, man, if this was... If this thing was moving like ten times faster, it would be Evil Dead. <laughs> and you, no, that's awesome. And I mean, just little things like where she's playing the piano, and all of a sudden, this—you don't hear the piano anymore, even though she's still playing. Your focus has shifted to the sound outside, that kind of right. you know, ghostly noises. And you know, one the, thing but I... she's still playing the piano, but your focus has shifted to this, and then her focus shifts to it. It's I mean, just so many incredible creative things going on in this movie. Well, let me one one scene that I um, that I noticed uh, that, that really kind of blew my mind was, and maybe I'm just stupid, and, and you need to tell me that this is something easy. But I mean, the movie came out in 1960. I mean, we don't have you know awesome CG or anything yet. However, there's a scene where where uh, there are two people sitting by each other. One is getting healthier while the other is getting uh, the kind of her essence sucked out of her. And as you see that, you can see the, like, the makeup on her, you know, coming to... Do you remember that? You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, I know exactly which scene you're talking about towards the end of the movie. Exactly. So basically... We're, we're both, I mean, we're both versions of Barbara Steele meet each other. Exactly. Where where one of them is, all of a sudden the makeup's becoming more... more uh, predominant you can you can tell and on the other end it's it's she's becoming you know the 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 makeup's kind of leaving and i was like i i thought that was a great 
and I hope, like I said, I hope it's not really easy and I'm just stupid and I got taken by that. But no, I mean, I, I don't know how they would have done that. And I just think that was an awesome, that, you know, an awesome shot, an awesome scene. And well, and see that again, you go back to the fact that, uh, Bava was, you know, kind of a master of visual effects. I do not, right. I mean, I don't know specifically how that shot was done. Um, I guess, I mean, there, there is a way to do it. If you go back to, well, no, because I'm trying to think about the scene itself. Well, I mean, you even, you look at kind of the thing I was thinking about is you remember the old hammer movies where Christopher Lee would, um, either melt or, or, you know, unmelt type of deal. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, during the, you know, during the last stages of him unmelting, I guess, you know, you could see where he was a face and then it kind of, he got to the point where he looked like he normally does. You can mm-hmm. totally tell that there's, you know, that they're yeah, that they're fading. Yeah, they're fading. Exactly. The yeah. where, where, yeah, whereas on this it was it just it looks so natural. Yeah. Um. One of the, I don't know if this is what they used, but there there was a technique that goes back to like, I think it might be the 1931 version of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde uh, with Frederick March where what they would do is apply different layers of makeup. In di- since you were using black and white film, the colors didn't really show up. Right. You know, but they would use, like, blue makeup and yellow makeup and what have you. And then they would put different colored filters in front of the camera. So they ah. would filter out different colors. And then as they remove those filters, the other makeup would become visible. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if that's the same you, technique they used here. I'm, you know, I'm just not sure. If they and did, it was smooth. Out. Oh yeah, it, it looked really good. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. You know, you really piqued my curiosity there because you know I'm going to have to find out how the fuck they did that. <laughs> well, cool. That's gonna um, also, what's that? That's going to bug the piss out of me now until I find out. Oh, I I feel so satisfied. Oh, well, <laughs> for you and and you stumped me so. Yes. Um, I just wanted to mention one last thing about Bava before we start talking about the movie um, itself. He actually created, uh, and this is something that I actually noticed myself, believe it or not. Um, Twitch of the Death Nerve, he was, uh, he was the uh, uh, director, and he did a lot of the, the, the visual effects on that. They actually stole, uh, what's his name, uh, Tom Savini actually stole directly from that movie um, a kill scene that uh, apparently was so awesome that he decided to use it on Kevin Bacon. All right, that, and, yeah, that's all I it, wanted to say. Yeah. And, um, you know, well, when you talk about, uh, you know, Twitch of the Death Mirror, you know, after this, Bava would, you know, do uh, Blood and Black Lace in 64 and create the whole right. Jallo movement, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, the, the genre. Uh, you know, right. that would begin with Bava. He's the father of... Uh, that genre, and uh, God, if, I don't know. If, like, if you ever buy one of those uh, public domain box sets, you are going to find so many fucking Italian, uh, you know, witch reincarnation movies. I mean, the fucking <laughs> you. I mean, you. I guarantee you, like, you buy a five disc set, you're going to get like three or four witch incarnation movies. You. Know, I mean, and. None of them are ever going to come close to this one. Uh, well, it, you know, so no, that's I'm... another genre he created. Um, but you know, he didn't just stick with the horror. He 
did softcore. He did uh, he did a western I covered on my own show. Uh, was it Roy Colton Winchester Jack? Wasn't really impressed with it, but you know he did mm. he did all these other genres. But he's forever going to be known attached to horror. But he was far more right. versatile than that. So um, moving along, uh, it was uh, written. It was actually. Uh, Baba took this from a short story that uh, was actually, I guess, came out in 1865 called "The Vi V I Y." Uh, I think that was, Russian. I think that was a Russian, I mean, a Russian fantasy horror type of deal. And I, so, it, I assume that's a Russian word, and I don't know how to pronounce it or what that is. Um, in fact, uh, I guess it was more of a the, the movie was more of a stealing ideas from it and less, you know, just kind of a faithful remake of it. Um, yeah, and, it uh, essentially it involves a witch in re- reincarnation, <laughs> as I understand it. I haven't read it. Dave probably no, I mean, has, because he probably you know, Russian literature. <laughs> Son of a bullshit. bitch has time to read, like, Russian, uh, 19th century Russian fantasy novels. Dude's yeah, bag. really. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, and also, uh, Ennio de Concini Read the uh, did the screenplay, um, starring of course. Uh, did did we talk about uh, Barbara Steele already? I can't remember um, if we did that this time or the one that didn't make it. No, we talked about Barbara Steele and okay. how gorgeous she is. Yeah, and how weird she can look at some points too. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, uh, she played uh, two parts. Uh, like we said, she plays a good uh, Katya Vaja and uh, the reincarnated witch. Aja Vaja. Yeah, I just want to let you know how hard it is for me to say the word Vaja without making it sound like vagina. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I think that was coming. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. I want everyone to know that I didn't <laughs> miss it. I'm just going to be mature, okay? Yeah, I appreciate get that. Get out, too. get off my back. Oh, I'm sure you do. Now let's see. It started. Uh, John Wonder if you choke on an ovary. <laughs> you know what? I think you should rip someone. No, no, I, I, I don't. I don't hope you do. Don't that recommend all. that. <laughs> that's just that just seems violent and wrong. Yeah, because yes, ripping a left testicle out seems okay. Yeah, well, it's external. <laughs> you pretty, well, I mean, well, how, more yeah, well, <laughs> Now, now, if you were going to rip someone's ovary out, would you go up through the vaginal canal, through the uterus, <laughs> and you know, go that way, or would you just like fucking go in through the abdominal wall? <laughs> Um, you know that guy in uh, Temple of Doom that he's like, um, Lam Shivai? I have that talent, so I just go right through the skin. Oh, okay. Well, that was awful. That? What? Where did you learn that? What? I, um, Lam Shivai? Yeah, I've been like trying to fucking get that to work. And... <laughs> oh, right. Oh, oh, the talent, not the word. Um, <laughs> I actually knew a, um,. A Hindi uh, spiritual, uh, I guess what the what the the Indian people would call a, uh, a medicine man, taught me all sorts of things. It was that actually. Uh, I think that's that what an, actually I think that's what an English speaking person would call it. Now ah, I think they have better names like Maharashi or some shit. You know what? I'm I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, I guess you saw through that story, and I'm busted. Okay, I didn't I don't, really. Happen. I don't. I don't. Know, I don't know how. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, John Richardson played Doctor Andre Gorobek. Uh, Andre Chechki played Doctor Thomas Kruva- Kruvajan. 
Uh, Ivo Garani played Prince Vaja. Arturo Domenici played Igor Javutovich and Javuto. And uh, Enrico Oliveri played Prince Constantine Vajaja. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't make it all the way through that. All right. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, okay. Basically, the the story. Do you, do you have anything to, to to add before I move on to the uh, to talking a little bit about the story? No, I think you did a wonderful job with this, Bernard. Oh, well, thank you very much. I felt like I was on the continent there for a moment. Uh, I thought you were going to say it. I felt it move. Anyway, um, <clears throat> this uh, opens up Moldavia in 1630. Basically, uh, the uh, the the woman Barbara Steele's first character named Asa Vaja. And her lover, Yavuto, are sentenced to death because basically they're Satan worshippers and, and they do all sorts of magic and she's a witch and, and you know, all sorts of awesome stuff like that. Um, anyway, so they uh, are, have been caught by the Inquisition in uh, Moldavia and uh, Asia's brother is actually the, uh, you know, the, 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 the grand inquisitor of that. Let me ask you, now, the Inquisition, I... It, they all looked like they were dressed in robes like a bunch of druids. I mean, is it, am I, is that just how it was, or am I missing something? I mean, not that you were there, but I, like in other movies, I don't know if I, I always kind of see them in uh, maybe armor or something like that. Um, I think robes would be like more suitable since they were like you know, clerics from uh, the uh, Catholic Church. Okay. Listen, I, I don't. I, but but see, I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't know what. I, I don't know whether the Inquisition like took place in in Romania though. I mean, you always well, hear about taking in, place in Spain. The Spanish, and that's what that's yeah. probably that maybe what it is. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Western Europe versus you know Eastern Europe. So you know, honestly, I don't know about historical accuracy here. Right. I mean, well, and, and it doesn't matter because it, it made a great. Uh, uh, it added to the environment of, uh, you know, in the setup of that whole scene where, uh, you know, it was kind of, uh, I mean, the, the whole thing was great. It, it's, it, it was actually really cool because basically the the um, the Inquisitor is, is you know, uh, basically accusing her of all these different things. And uh, and uh, my favorite thing, my favorite part of that whole uh, scene was she she gets up there and she's just... You know, instead of saying, no, no, I'm not a witch or whatever, she just kind of goes off on him and, and curses him. Oh, yeah, him she's, and, uh, she's like, hell yeah, I'm a witch, and I'm, you're fucked. <laughs> Didn't she say Satan a lot? The way she said Satan was awesome, by the way. Oh, yeah. You will never escape. Satan will get you, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Satan she was... She was yeah, Satan's my best friend, and he owes me a solid, and... Yeah, exactly. Coming to get you and your ancestors and your descendants, and and, <laughs> and, he's, know, and he's and he's all like, "Well, no one escapes the Moldavian Inquisition." Right. The whole big thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just glad she kind of threw it back in their face instead of you know. I, I just they just made me it made me excited to watch the rest of the movie. Um, oh yeah, so there, there was like absolutely no panic in her whatsoever. No. I mean, she, yeah, she was like, "I can bring it." Exactly. I'm, I'm in tight with the dark one, so. <laughs> no, and, and uh, I it was so dramatic, and she was so boisterous about it. It was great. Um, and, and the next awesome part comes on. Basically, they get these masks of, of Satan, uh, which are basically just, what, like steel masks with uh, nails on the inside? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, they 
you know, they look like a demon or whatever. They put it on her face, and this giant dude with a hammer that uh, the head is a tree trunk, basically, comes on and just smashes it on her face, which uh, which was uh, gruesome. However, there are two, uh, I guess, versions of this movie, and I, I have the American version, which they actually cut out some uh, some of the gruesomeness of that one. But um, I guess in the, I, I don't know if it was England or, or European copy or whatever. Apparently, there's one out there that uh, that has a little bit more. It's a little bit more graphic. Um, Anyways, I don't okay. I don't know how much. Well, I'm not sure exactly which. I mean, the cut I have is like listed at you know the opening credits are the Mask of Satan, and it runs. Yeah, mine too. That was the U.S. With... That was the U.S. title. Apparently. Are you sure about that? Um, I'm pretty sure, and, and if not, um, Brian from Drunken Zombie, our fact checker, will uh, go ahead and uh, check that for me and, and call right. me an ass because, if I'm wrong. Well, the the American cut was 84 minutes. And uh-huh. Was that right? The cut, yeah, the cut I have is 87 minutes, but it does have the, hmm. uh, the mask. I think we title. watched the same one. I assume that mine was the uh, the American one, but I may be wrong. Well... You go by the running time. It's 84 minutes in the U.S. Uh, it was... Well, let's look it, I'll look it up. All right. In the United States, there's Black Sunday, which is... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Revenge of the Vampire is the British version. The Mask of Satan... Oh, that's a good name, too. A little, yeah. a little too generic, but... Yeah, it's all right, I guess. The Mask of Satan is the complete version of the film featuring the original English dubbing recorded in Italy and the original Italian score by Roberto Nicolosi. This is oh, usually cool. referred okay. so to as wrong. the European version. And then there's La Machera del Demonio, which runs 85 minutes and is not the original Italian version, as you might expect from the title. Yeah. So uh, it uses the English language and... Uh, the score is the Nicolosi and the Baxter scores, like, alternating. Hmm. So, so yeah, apparently the 87-minute version is the uh, is the one to have, as far as I can oh, tell, cool. based on IMDb. See, I always assume I have the shitty one because I missed out on boobs on that one Devil Ball movie. Oh, is that it? And see, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. assume. And see, that's, that's the thing I was wondering, because I, I did look up yeah, I looked at the wiki page, and she was talking about having a body double, and I was like waiting for some fucking boobs in this, and right. it never happened. So, <clears throat> yeah, I know. Maybe we have to do some more research on this. Hmm. Because I if, charge if you with he, that task. I will make it my dude. I sound like the Grand Inqu- Inquisitor. Well, may That's Satan awesome. plague your descendants and your kittens. <laughs> wow. That's harsh, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Satan don't fuck around. <laughs> Why he would he? Be, yeah, he, I mean, he didn't get to be the uh, the Prince of Darkness you know, by playing it fucking easy. <laughs> that is a great point. Uh, anyhow, so is there, was that a, was, anyway, I wasn't very, uh, a very uh, smooth transition there. Uh, but no. anyway, as they, they they put the mask on her, they start burning her at the stake, and uh, magically, I assume, uh, uh, Lord Satan start made it rain and uh, put out the fire. So basically, what they did is they they actually buried her in a crypt, 
um, in one of the coolest coffins that I have, you know, that I've ever witnessed. Uh, basically, what it has, so she's in there. She has this mask on her face. There's a window by her face, um, and right outside that window, there is a, an upright cross on it. So basically, if she happens to wake up, she'll still have to stay in the in the coffin because she's she will have view of that uh, cross, which I think was uh, the idea. But, uh, no, I thought that was pretty badass. Yeah, it's very badass, but it also leads to a series of the most unfortunate and completely batshit insane fucking uh, exposition. Batshit is the word. Yeah. Because what, you know, skipping ahead, what we have is uh, two doctors, their carriage breaks down, and and they go in. 200 years later. Yeah, 200, yeah, excuse me, 200 years later. And this, this is like just just the most insane bit of fucking you. Okay, we got to get the story moving. And listen, and this is what I'm the talking about when I say that bat I've ever seen in my fucking life. Well, it's the, it's the biggest bat that's just like sitting there flopping, which it, it almost seems like it was an afterthought. But like I said, being in that crypt, that awesome environment <laughs> kind of was like, oh, okay, I'll give it to him. You know? Yeah, well, they, they kind of lost me there, but at the same time, you know, Bob is smart enough to show like, the bat in silhouette. You really don't get a good look at the bat, so you can't see how <laughs> shitty you know it's going to be. Yeah. You know, but so, all right, apparently they made this fucking cross out of like fucking ceramics or something instead of like yeah. stone. Because <laughs> while he's trying to hit the bat, he fucking ends up breaking the cross with his cane. The piece of the, <laughs> you know, ceramic cross breaks this, like, ultra-thin layer of glass that's, you know, hiding right. her face. And then, of course, he has to reach in the coffin, cutting his hand on the glass, thus right. supplying the blood that's going to bring her back to life. That's like, Listen, conceptually, that's a badass coffin, okay? Yes, but in... You know, I don't guess well, they ever it, foresaw this series of events happening. The engineer of, really, who, who actually wrote up the the plans did not see a foolish doctor with a cane going uh, crazy after a giant floppy bat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you'd think they'd have that kind of foresight because you know, it happens around here all the time. You fucking see it in the news. <laughs> wow. You know, de- demon unleashed blood from doctor after you know, insane. Oh, that's awesome. Oh but, yeah, man. But, yeah, uh, and that's, I mean, and just... that's one of the main that that's probably the number one scene where I just thought to myself, "Wow, they uh, they they seem to just want to hurry through it." Yeah, I and, mean, Rube Goldberg could have devised a series of fucking events like this to fucking get the plot moving. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was bizarre, but you know, and and like I said, but at the same time, you know, like it was a stunning fucking you know prop piece there. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. I mean, it's cool as hell. The crypt is fucking amazing looking. Oh, and absolutely. The whole fucking graveyard is fucking badass. I mean, everything in this movie looks badass. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, these two doctors were on their way through. They were just traveling through Moldavia to. Is it Moldavia or Moldavia? I don't. I don't want to sound I think it's too weird. Moldavia, but anyway, uh, they were. Yeah, they were trying to make it through to a medical conference, but uh, they their their uh, chariot breaks down what, what do you call it? their carriage or chariot yeah, their carriage breaks down and that's when that's when they actually go out and, and explore and, and that whole scene happens 
Uh, Dana, now, stand now let, me, let me ask Go you ahead. this, though, and, and here's another thing. Okay. I'm in the middle of the fucking wilderness. My coach yeah. breaks down. I hear well, a noise. It? I hear a noise that sounds like a pack of ghastly fucking wolves or <laughs> and or you know ghosts. Am I right. going to go check it out? Fuck no. I'm going to stay <laughs> in the fucking carriage. Let the fucking uh, coach driver drive, do his job. Deal right. with it. Yeah, and then I'm going to get the fuck out of there. I'm Again, going, dude, Ooh. how many how many horror movies a, is there a, that a, moment where it's like? Why would you do that? But if they didn't do that, there'd be no movie. Okay. Yeah, exactly. This would have been a, a thirty-second movie. You would, it would have been. They would, like have, they, would have, they would have made it to their conference, and it would have been. And over. then they will have found out that you know they were uh, one of the guys was actually trying to pass the trials on Pravasi, and that's why he killed his wife. And that would have been you know a whole completely different fucking movie. And I probably wouldn't have watched it. Anyway, well, they also run into Katya, who's also played by Steele. Uh, she lives with her father uh, and her brother uh, in the in the castle up there, which of course all the villagers think is haunted. Um, of course, they, they, uh, the she, young doctor. Go ahead. Uh, they they did a neat little thing there because you know what's going to happen. They you know, he spills the blood onto the corpse, oh, right, and there's a really cool scene with the you know you know Italians love their bugs. You know, so if you got all these scorpions and oh tiny scorpions, right. Yeah, and, and bugs and shit crawling around in the eye sockets. I mean, it's, it's pretty fucking nasty. But when they walk out of the crypt, you see uh, Aja, or what was her second Katya. Name? Katya. You see Katya standing there with the, looks like these fucking, you know, hellhounds. And you right. think, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's her. And, right. you know, completely throws you right then and there. That you're thinking, okay, the witch is already back. And right. that was funny. You know, she got all the coffin. You know, she, but no, it just turns out to be this chick. This uh, chick that Gorobek got an instant boner for. Yes. Well, to make a long story short, uh, of course, we just just like uh, Stephen was saying, basically, we we uh, the, the the witch awakes and she actually awakes uh, wakes up her old lover uh, from uh, sleep, and apparently he's some kind of a vampire. And um, uh, the vampires in this were, were, were pretty cool. I mean, they weren't uh, anything that we have uh, really seen. They were kind of like waxy face type of deal. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And yep. uh, I don't know. It was. It, it's kind of funny because I don't. I don't know if they ever come out and, and do they say that they're actually vampires? I think they do, but they're kind of unlike you know the, what what you're used to. Yeah, it's it, it's not your Christopher Lee, you know, fellow uh, right. Lugosi vampire. They 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 apparently drink blood or suck the life force or something because it's, it's never really right. never really revealed. I don't believe. I think the doctor says, and and the thing is, the doc, one of the doctors ends up becoming one of the vampires, and so he never yeah, really he gives a great diagnosis. Right. Yeah. He actually gets called in to take care of. Uh, of uh, Katya's father, but on the way there, he he gets intercepted by a vampire, gets put in. He actually gets uh, turned into a vampire by uh, Aja, and uh, in essence, just uh, kills the father. It actually turns him into a vampire. Right, and yeah, what the, what they do rather than you know, like they shoot the bite on the neck for a couple of the people, but mm-hmm. she says something. Uh, how is it? She puts it like 
you know, my kiss will give you uh, life after death or life right. beyond life or something like that. Yeah, uh, that life after death would suck. You, you can't, you have to walk around like Frankenstein and you're not very handsome anymore. And Yeah, it looks like, you get, yeah, you get, it. apparently you trade eternal life for a skin disorder. <laughs> wow, that doesn't, yeah, maybe. I guess but, it depends. But, but let me ask you this, Mike. Uh, okay. Know, this, all right, you're like walking along through the, you know, along this deserted road, and this guy gets out dressed like fucking Prince Valiant. Exactly. You know, he's with, the, wearing, with the haircut and, he's, and everything. And he's, yeah, the haircut and the and he's wearing like the big you know, crest on his chest, and he's he's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm the fucking butler. Like, right. Really, you look like a Knights Templar or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. am I really am I really buying your story here? But okay, yeah, I'll go with you. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, no, I, dude, I, I I am with you. Yeah, and but I mean, there's just so many his, things where I'm just like, oh my god, are you serious? We, do you not see that there's something wrong with the situation? <laughs> but let me counter that and say the carriage that he had was was gorgeous. It moved kind of in like a, a kind of a, a ghostly manner. You know, it had uh, fog, and you know, it just had the whole thing going with it. So, I mean, I. I, I think again I can see the, the complaint, but it it, it, it uh, at the same time I'm, I mean it was kind of cool to see. So you you were like oh, I don't, okay okay I'm suspicious, but man that's a cool badass looking ride. He's well, got, no, no, so. no 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 watching the movie that's what I was like. <laughs> okay, well plus I mean let let's be let's be real here. What's his name? Judge uh, J- whatever <laughs> the lover's name was. He he didn't really look that. Uh, or act very human, I guess. So no, he, I don't know. I think I think that would have been a red flag as well. Yeah, he. I mean, he he's a creepy fucker. And then he takes you. Then he takes you to the crypt that that uh, you had the bat fight with earlier. Okay. Right. Exactly. And and do you really want to go back there after the the bat fight? No, no. I, no. You know, but that yeah, bat was mean, you, man. You know, think, yeah, but you got to think something's amiss here. I, but, I, dude, I'm with you. And, you know, he's, he's the worst fucking, I mean, and this is what, what I was thinking, like, like, you know, so he's, after he's been turned into a vampire, they uh, take him to, like, check out the father, and it's right. like, oh, he's had a bad shock. And, right. well, I'm, I'm going to stay here all night, and you all go on about your business. And Even, even though I look somewhat different, uh, my hair has turned completely white. I'm acting very suspiciously. Why don't you guys just go do what you need to do? I'll take care of him here. Yeah, I'll take care of Dad. And it's like, the next day they have to be thinking, <laughs> man, he was a really shitty doctor. Because, <laughs> he just took off. <laughs> yeah, his, his, his he, he just, my, my dad's, yeah, my dad's dead. He just took off. And, um, and you know, all that from fucking shock. And look at him now. He looks like he's got fucking leprosy. And all the blood's missing out of his body. I, I've, I've never been in a state of shock, but I don't think those are the same. The symptoms line up. Well, just think if you would have made it to that medical conference, he may have been able to deal with that better. Yeah, there might have been a lecture on. <laughs> don't you know, uh, relevant. don't turn don't a shock it. patient into a leper. Yeah, exactly. You've got to watch <laughs> these kind of things. That's the keynote. I heard that was a keynote that year. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, and you know, we thought the British doctors were bad with their quasi comas and <laughs> crazy shit. But 
Oh, man. To a Russian the doctor. British would teach these guys a thing or two. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Man. He was in shock, so I decided to bleed him. Uh, you know what's so funny is... I had to drain you know, all I the evil I, spirits out of him. I noticed all these things that you brought up, but it didn't... I just kind of rolled with it. Be, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just because... Or what it was, but I like I said, I think it all comes back to I was just enjoying the movie, and it's like, and there was another part too where uh, Constantine was uh, crawling back because of, uh, of the, the 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 main vampire guy. He uh, he was kind oh, of walking out of bottomless him. He, pit. He, yeah, he falls over, and uh, he puts his hand on the side of the bottomless pit, obviously feeling that there's a pit there. And like a second later, just kind of throws himself in there. Uh, yeah, whatever, I, I laugh. Know. I laugh because well, and then there's a little oh, <laughs> exactly. I, 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 honest to God, I burst out laughing. Uh, I, I did too. Because first off, uh, who yeah. has a bottomless pit in their house? Well, to be fair to him, he didn't even know that that place in his castle existed. Okay, right, but, so, but still, who, mean, ins- who installs that as a feature? I'll, t- I'll tell I'm, you who does. Uh, the Vajas from two hundred years ago. They're, they're Satan worshippers, man. I don't know. I, I was they're just like, all sort of, No, dude, that's all, dude. I'm with you. I, I. But yeah, and 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 then you know this. There'll be a callback to this after one of the biggest wuss fight scenes. You know, because you expect vampires to be badass, right? And you know, the vampires kind of a pussy, and our <laughs> yeah. doctors not much fucking better. Is like the right. lamest goddamn fights. And it's like I'm I'm surprised that later on you know he would, could do you know, Baba could direct action with you know, Danger Diabolic right. because this I mean I was just like oh my god this is like this is worse than watching like a, well, I don't know I'd rather watch girls fight well you and me both but that's only because there might be chance of boob yeah well but but this was just like yeah oh my god I was just like please come on now. <laughs> Oh, c- come on. No, well, no it, but, you know, I'm, and I'm bringing up all the bad points about the movie now. But, but you know, every time you see one of these groan-worthy movements, it's like like two seconds later, you're just, like, enthralled again by exactly. the fucking cinematography. It just fucking blows you away every fucking time. And you, you see something for every, for every moment that's really fucking groan-worthy. There's two or three that are just going to just be fucking amazing. And let's be realistic too. I mean, the story. I don't. I mean, it's. I, don't, I mean, obviously, I don't know what it was back then, but I mean, it's not. It's not the most unique story, and you know that that from a movie that I've ever seen. But and uh, that plus the, the the grown moments. I you know maybe I w- I would be a little more harsh on this movie. But the thing is, is it was. I it, like I said, it was a pleasure to watch. It was you know it was great. It, you know the atmosphere the whole way through. I I really liked even even though I got distracted a couple of times. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I think the, I think at the end, after all said and done, and, and you watch this movie, I think there's a lot more positives than there are you know than there are negatives. And, yeah, and I think that I think that's kind of my 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 main point. My, you know, my final word, I guess, on this on this movie is that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bava's skill as a director, I think far overshadows his skill as a writer. Okay, yeah, absolutely. 
I'll buy that. But we also have to remember that uh, for it being uh, his first shot, come on, he got it. I think that uh, I think that you could kind of see um, uh, the beginnings of what ended up making him so great. Oh yeah, absolutely. As, as and as a matter of fact, I think this is probably one of his best looking pictures. And to be honest, this, this is probably one of this is probably my favorite movie that he has done. And I he I mean I, he's done quite a few awesome movies, but I think this is my favorite. Just just the, just because from from start to finish, I'm I, I'm always into it, and I've seen this movie multiple times. Yeah, this is about this is only my probably my third or fourth viewing of it over the years. Okay, but, I've, yeah, I've actually seen it. A lot, you know, we we do these these cadaver classics, and most of them I'm being introduced to it. But this is one that I was very familiar with, and uh, one, that, you know, it's funny that I I haven't watched them since we've been, you know, doing the show or anything like that. So it, it's like I never really notice a lot of things until I'm actually watching it for the show, and then that's when all these silly, you know, things come up. You know, I, I start noticing those instead of just kind of going with the flow. But still, I mean, I still love this movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm you know, like I said, I've been ragging on it a little bit as far as the plot wise, but it's it's absolutely a marvel to behold. Yeah, is this uh, is this public domain? I don't think it is. Um, I, <laughs> I hope know. I hope not. We keep uh, we keep stepping on Aaron's feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I actually. Well, let's see. Well, I guess AIP owns the rights to it. Yep. Uh, Roger Corman's company. Or it used to be, anyway. Anyway, man, you got anything else to add? Uh, No, I think we're pretty much in agreement on this one. It's, it's, I mean, there's a reason it's a classic. And uh, just in case there's any any confusion, I I mean, I would bone Barbara Steele back in those days. Yeah, and uh, just to bring things full circle, uh, Barbara Steele would go on to uh, star as Superintendent McQueen in one of my favorite movies, Jonathan Caged Heat. Yes. Uh, uh, Demi, of course, would go on to direct uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, written by Thomas Harris, also author of The Other Black Sunday. Man, it is a small world. Isn't it, though? I've actually seen Caged Heat. I don't like Caged Heat very much. How can you? I, I love women in prison movies, anyway. Just I for hate the, women in prison movies, man. Anyway. I, 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 to they, each their they, own, okay? Essentially, though, I mean, my favorite scene in every fucking movie is the one when the chicks first get to the prison. Well, and, and the then, yeah, then, then they the have strip to search. strip, and then they yeah. get inspected. Yeah, I usually watch them up to that point, and then it's like, oh, why keep watching? Yeah, because, well, pretty much, you know, like, every 12 minutes, there's going to be a shower scene or a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, so, but I you mean, know, yeah, you, okay. you can just kind of skip ahead, and then the big... Yeah, you know, right at the end where, you know, the wrongly imprisoned chick, you know, overthrows the <laughs> authority. I mean, they're so fucking cookie cutter, but D- didn't still... uh, didn't Bava start that genre? Just kidding. Dude. That the would women be awesome. in prison genre. I... That, that would we be should... awesome. We we should do a, a, a an episode about women in no, because I wouldn't want to watch a bunch of movies about it. Anyway, Are you anyway. sure? Because I can recommend a bunch. <laughs> Dude, you, what, what was that movie you recommended to me once? The uh, the the Fraulein of the SS or, what, or, or whatever that was? Oh, Elsa Sheehan of the SS. Yeah, I did not like that. Yeah, I know. There's something wrong with it. <laughs> I guess. 
I don't know. Maybe it was because I kept thinking my wife was going to walk into the room and I felt all dirty. <laughs> uh, I feel that fucking every day. Well, uh, I, need it, a, it, I just Maybe I just need to build up my tolerance. No, and I guess so. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, that's right, because we, we ended up losing the part where we were talking about uh, Portuguese porn and yep. sex with goats. So. I just, yeah, exactly. We'll Man. save that for that. We'll save that for another day. Yeah, that's what you that, can do. You can come on my show and we'll talk about Portuguese pornography. That is a 80s. great idea. Uh, that's a since we'll idea. actually be recording next week, right? Uh yes. Uh, we will be finishing up what we started um, on the most recent episode of J. Eight months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Three Back to months the, uh, ago. German, yeah. German expressionism. So. I All this I'll podcasting is so incestuous. It is. It's sad. We're just one big happy family. We really are. Nut douches. Eaters. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm okay with that, too. Of uh, CBT enthusiasts. Absolutely. I bet you James is into it. I know he is. Of course he is. Of course. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so I guess if that's, uh, if that's everything about the movie, hey, man, appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know it, my friend. Looking forward to talking to you next week, if not before. Feel the love. Submissions to Ferguson at cadaverlab.shit who cares. You're all gonna die. Submit to me and my friend Jason. The cutoff date for said submissions will be July 30th. If you dare, Jason X is so epic. 
It's like being stuffed in a sleeping bag and being hit against a tree multiple times. Oh my god!
right, uh, let's do some uh, talking about the hazing, which came out in 2004. Its passages created a gateway to travel freely. It is kind of big and scary. Do you think there's any truth to that story? Do you think there are ghosts here? Maybe this could help you. <laughs> yeah. So, now that you got me, what are you going to do with me? by Christopher Farrell. Oh, hells yeah. Bring the shit on, bitches. So Christopher Farrell um, does a lot of low-budget, straight-to-DVD or VHS, as it were, uh, movies, a lot of which are erotica. And that's how he uh, ended up on this film, because he's worked in the past with uh, Rolf, the director. Uh, They seem to collaborate together quite a bit. In fact, some of the best that they've done were probably Erotic Misadventures of the Invisible Man, or perhaps it was Sex Files, the Alien Erotica. I'm not sure. But they did actually team up and do one of the eight films to die for, Nightmare Man. What you see in this uh, film is he's really running the whole spectrum of his talents. Um, He's going all the way from horror elements to comedy just kind of all over the place but the whole idea is that the theme is fitting whatever the moment is uh it's much like uh it's it's writing for comedy basically it's much like you would see in a trauma movie um the music just fits whatever's on screen there is no big development there is no big theme or star story arc in the score that you're going to follow um basically whatever's going on on screen he's going to do whatever he has to 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 fit it and most of the time he's doing it with a good amount of ridiculousness to it but he also actually really knows his stuff even though all the instruments uh, are sampled which is unfortunate because as tiffany and i know there's a lot to be said for things that are real one thing he does that's really cool to notice throughout the score is he'll actually double his uh, upright bass with a male choir it's a really cool um sound that you don't hear a whole lot anymore. It's something that you heard uh, in older uh, horror movies from the 50s and 60s. Um, John Williams sometimes will bring that back, but you don't hear it a whole lot. And what's cool is he'll actually strip it down so that all the violins and everything will fall off and you'll just have upright bass and uh, choir. Of course, it only lasts for a second because like most of the music in this, at the most, it might last, you know, a theme would last for about a minute and then it's going to move on to something else because that's kind of how this story goes. No uh, character themes. 
uh, for each person. He doesn't set something up for the book or he doesn't set something up for, uh, you know, the spirit and, and keep that as an arc throughout. It just randomly goes where it goes and you can tell he's having fun with it. And that's kind of the beauty of, of the score and scores like it. Um, and I think he's a perfect guy to do it. One thing I will admit that does annoy me a bit is the fact that there's barely any silence in this movie. Uh, there's music pretty much the entire way through. I realize full well that nobody notices that except for me. That's cool. Um, but there's actually barely any moments in this movie that don't have music in the background, whether it's just even drone or whether he's got an actual cue playing or something. But man... It's a lot of music, and it's not all, you know, awesome. It's a great film if you're a dog-screwing shit-eater. The Hazing was uh, written and directed by Rolf Kineski. Uh Basically, he did uh, wrote and directed Nightmare Man from 2007, uh, one of the After Dark Horror Fests. Uh, he also uh, wrote and directed uh, The Erotic Misadventures of the Invisible Man. I've never even heard of that. Well, you, what? Really? Uh, just kidding. Uh, he also did Jacqueline Hyde. Have you seen that one? I just, I just uh, procured it. Did you I say, watched it yet. Did you say Jack Lelaine High? Jack Jacqueline Hyde. Oh, I think said Jack Lelaine High. I'm like, uh, is that like a juicer movie? No, no, I, I don't even know, dude. Um, he did uh, Sex Files, Alien Erotica, and Emmanuel 2000. <laughs> subtitled Emmanuel Pie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, okay, IMDb gave this a 5.3. It starred uh, Brad Dourif. And uh, if you don't know who Brad Dourif is, you are very strange. Uh, he <laughs> well, he played uh, Professor Caps in this one. He also uh, starred, it started a second character of his, which was his giant mustache. <laughs> so he had to grow for this. Was it his, um, really? I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't know. But that was a hell of a mustache. It's a garden you have slug. To admit. What's that? A garden slug. Oh, dude. That was a wicked. It was It was like mesmerizing. Foot Manchu. Uh, let's see. Brooke Burke was in this. She was only in it for a little while. Um, did I just give something away? But anyway. Why is Brooke Burke famous? I looked at her... Uh, I looked at her IMDb. And, there, you know, there's a few things here and there. But... Model. She's a model. Is she? Yeah, she's she's been in Playboy like three, four times. Oh, well, that's enough. I because I remember I I uh, I bought one of those Burger King Xbox 360 games and she narrated it or something. That's like, awesome. Wh- it's like wow. Wait till we get to uh, Sorority Road. None of those chicks are famous for anything. Uh, uh, Nectar Rose uh, was uh, played Delia Rogers. She played. She was in Roman, and uh, she actually was in Serenity as Lenore the Sex Bot. You oh, remember wow. that? Yeah, that's. Uh, let's see. Uh, Philip Andrew played Doug Leary. Tiffany Shepis, one of the Neil Scream Queens. Awesome. I love her, and I am in love with her. Really? Um, no, I'm not really. But she played Marsha Glazer. Um, Jeremy Maxwell played Roy Moore. And uh, Perry Shen played uh, Tim Fields. That He was the tour guide from Hatchet, man. Oh, I know, dude. He's in Hatchet, too, also. Oh, oh. That's not out yet, right? No, no. Oh, good. Okay. You're all talking like it's out, making me wish that I uh, had already seen it. Anyways, uh, but, you know, this is, uh, 
this is a I was actually surprised at how decent this movie was. I mean, I I, I hope I don't give too much away in the beginning, but uh, I wasn't I was expecting a turd. I have to admit. <laughs> and uh, it ended up being all right. Uh, basically, flicks start out starts out uh, with uh, Dorif as uh, Professor Caps having a hot student over at his house. A student uh, who's forty years old. Well, yeah, who cares? She is boy. Uh, uh, you know what? Plus, it's college. Okay, single mothers and strippers have go, pretend to go to college too, but this is how they get through it. <laughs> Visiting oh, their professor. Oh my hell! Was that rude? <laughs> well, I don't think any strippers listen to us. Oh, oh wait, Metal Mikey. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, and if you do, uh, never mind. <laughs> Metal Mikey, that is scary. Wow. <laughs> uh, we basically find out that he's some into some weird occult stuff. Uh, he actually murders Burke, uh, or Brooke is some kind of a uh, part of a ritual. Uh, Anyway, basically, it, uh, it kind of we kind of get shot into a group of sorority and fraternity pledges who are rushing. And apparently, this is something I've never heard of before. But they were dual rushing, uh, the the I guess the the fraternity and the sister sorority, uh, and they were doing the dual hazing. Um, basically, it, it that kind of plays out how you, how you would expect a douchey frat boy leader and uh, the sorority leader tell them uh, that basically they have to go out on a scavenger hunt. You get, they give them a list with uh, uh, with a bunch of different items on it. Each item has a has a point total to it, uh, and basically by the end of the night, what was it? They needed to get forty points or something. I I can't remember that. But anyway, uh, basically they at the end of the night they need to meet up at a at a house and just stay the night with the items. Uh, one of the items that happens to be on that list was Professor Caps, one of his occult books. So what they 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 actually, I mean, they, they, I'm making a long story short here. Uh, they break into his house. They find him in a basement with a bunch of dead bodies and doing some weird occult shit. Uh, they run away. He he chases after him, and one thing leads to another, and he ends up impaled on a giant horn because uh, he's got all sorts of weird stuff in his uh, in his house, and just happens to be a giant horn. Uh, like, uh, not like a trumpet, but like a giant bull's horn. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so Tiffany Shepis and uh, the Duchess with basically go get the book since they're, they were there anyways. Uh, and they take in, in the a skull and backbone, uh, staff and, uh, they meet at the house. They find out that Caps was actually trying to perform some kind of a ritual that will give him eternal life and power. Uh, his spirit possesses one of the kids, and he opens a portal to the other side. Strange things start happening, and people start dying. How's that? <laughs> That's pretty much about it. Well, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, it's like, it's it's not like that's the whole movie, but basically, I think everything else is pretty, pretty, uh, you know, I don't want we don't want to give any away because of the deep plot lines and the intricate woven story. If okay. uh, if Brad Dourif had started his career out with this movie, we would have never heard of him. <laughs> no, never. Um, he's listen, an Academy the, Award like nominated actor, or maybe he he's may have won an, he might have won an award. What for Grimma Wormtongue or something? <laughs> what for his role in uh, the Lord of the Rings or what? Uh, I think it was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh yeah, I don't I don't I haven't seen that one in years, so I don't even remember. Yeah, that was top tier stuff. <laughs> I didn't realize this was like a horror comedy, so I, it oh, yeah. it automatically it automatically like caught me off guard several times. 
Well, yeah, and they were they were joking around and being cheap. And then, uh, like a lot of, uh, I, I mean, it was pretty obvious that this was low budget. I mean, the special effects, uh, like the computer generated special effects, weren't that solid, you know. And so it was pretty easy to tell that this had a low budget. But you know what? It's. I think it was a fun time. You know, I think, you know, you're watching it and you don't, I think once you kind of settle in and understand what to expect, I think, you know, which I basically, right when they were, they were lined up rushing and in, in their underwear, right in the beginning with some of the dialogue that happens there, I kind of knew what you were, what we were in for. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of like really fond memories of this movie. Like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. Well, you know what? That's fun. I mean, I, I I enjoyed this a little bit more than you, apparently. Um, first of all, let's talk about that weird sex scene. Uh, the one with the tongue? Yeah, 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 yeah. The one with the tongue. Was there any weirder? I th- I have to admit that uh, I um, I was pretty uh, happy with that scene. It just seems like it's just it's. I mean, it, it wasn't like it was freaking awesome. But at least it was hilarious. Am, am I wrong? Well, I mean, some of the humor was, but some of it was just like it was like th- this movie. One of the uh, reviews said it was like Scream meets Evil Dead, and I could see that if Scream and Evil Dead had been written by Quirky from Life Goes On. Oh man, dude, you dude, you have to admit there were some Evil Dead. Oh, wait, no, 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 that's not right. There were that's some, not right. There were some well, Evil Dead ripoffs in this. Well, actually, what I was thinking is. Uh, what I was thinking of is I actually watched I Sell the Dead uh, last night, and uh, some of those scenes I think were uh, – I pictured those scenes and we're filling them in for this movie. But no. <laughs> so, no, I take that back. Yeah, Bruce Campbell was in this. One of the uh, – if Chins Could Kill was on the uh, – his uh, autobiography was uh, on the list of, of uh, items to be scavenged. Wasn't his picture on the dartboard? Yep, his picture was also on the dartboard. And why would, why would it be on a dartboard? I don't know. That's blasphemous. And wasn't that his real tongue they used <laughs> in that scene? It's 14 no, feet know. long. Dude, and uh, it was 14 feet long in like in like uh, fort. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just happy for that scene. I'm happy for that scene. That that scene was in the movie. Oh, okay. that, it was a good scene. That's funny. I thought it was pretty funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> So I'm getting the I'm getting the impression that you weren't a huge fan of this. I didn't hate it, you know. I just I though I I felt kind of bored about halfway through it. Like I just sat here and I I was like, oh, this is not really keeping my attention. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me counter that argument with this argument. Tiffany Shepis in a full size jumpsuit equals camel toe. Oh, the whole movie, dude. She had moose knuckle the whole movie. Oh, my gosh. It was, I was like, I was embarrassed to watch it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Really? But she had no problem looking at Brad Dourif's junk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you just mentioned his staff. Oh, dude, come on. With the spy. I, oh, man. You know, okay, so. So we do have some possession. We have some other, you know, some weird occulty things. Um, but, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I think this is maybe one of those you have to be in the mood for. Oh, I absolutely, I, I agree you know? 100% because um, I think if I knew what I was getting into before I watched this, I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing. You're not, 
you, you have to just understand that, you, that this isn't t- this doesn't take itself seriously. The the acting isn't excellent. The uh, the uh, special effects are like worse than nineties uh, uh, full moon. You know. <laughs> well, I had, I had come off a huge piece of shit before I watched this. Like I I saw one really bad movie and then I went to this one and I was like, oh god, like I I needed something like a million times better and I didn't get it. Well, what movie was it? Oh, we're going to talk about that one next. <laughs> oh, yes. Excellent. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I I, I did. Uh, I liked it a little bit better. I don't know. I uh, I don't know really how, how much else I want to or I have to say about this movie. I have a lot of stuff that uh, like I learn and stuff like that. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, well, no. I, I mean, I don't want to completely bash on it. I liked a lot of the acting. The acting was good. I thought a lot of the, I don't know, I thought a lot of the practical effects and stuff were really cool, and I think for the budget, the CG and stuff, were it wasn't that bad. Well, I mean, it's like I said, it was full moon. Exactly. You know, so, so if you can deal with that and you know what you're getting into with this one, you know, it's passable. There were a lot of fun scenes. The scene where the one guy becomes possessed and he's playing the guitar behind his back and stuff. Oh, yeah, the, the chainsaw gave power to yeah, when exactly. they were fighting. I mean, not like, stuff like that. I mean, it's fun. It's It's not a bad movie. It's... It's nothing I would give a bone saw to, but it, it was definitely a good movie. I mean, for yeah. for what it was. Well, yeah, exactly. Like if I if I were sitting down and you know with a bunch of friends, I'd probably enjoy this a lot more. Agreed. Or, or if I were riffing the hell out of it. Well, like doing giving it the cadaver tracks treatment, I think would be pretty funny. This I think this would be a good. One. Except for it would all just devolve into uh, into a bunch of moose knuckle jokes. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that like every cadaver tracks? Dude, I I have a bone to pick with Ferguson. I forgot I forgot to mention this. Dude, so he made a lot of jokes about uh Gary Coleman. Oh, that is so awesome, dude. <laughs> and dude, he took them out because oh, he died, man. man. Come oh, on, bone. dude. You can't pick now to have a conscience. Well, well, that- you got to realize he recorded this before he was dead. We recorded it before he died. Dude, I actually made a whole bunch. Of, I made some Gary Coleman jokes on a ta- Daniel Tosh's website. Are you serious? The, like the day after he died. Who's Daniel Tosh? The comedian. He has that show uh, Tosh Point oh, I haven't seen it. Uh, he's my all-time favorite comedian. Oh, I have to check him out. Yeah, that's co- that's cool, man. Yeah, we're actually going to uh, see him in October. Oh, cool. He's famous. Yeah, he's on Comedy Central every Wednesday night. Oh well, pardon me. Yeah, he's awesome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome, man. Uh, so, did you learn anything? Uh, actually, I did. I, okay. I learned a surefire way to get into a girl's pants, and that is knocking him over the head. <laughs> Isn't that what that guy says? He says, it, when he's possessed by the demon, doesn't he say to just uh, smash her in the head and he can do whatever he wants with her? <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> I, 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 that's something that uh, I can't believe that it took uh, this movie to have you learn, but I digress. <laughs> Uh, I also learned that the human tongue contains 400 gallons of blood. <laughs> yes. And uh, I learned, lastly, that anyone who suggests a group hug is a demon. I was getting so pissed off at that moment because because there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of dialogue, and she's all, you know, love is the most powerful force in the universe, and we need to just get to get overcome this with love, and we need a group hug. And I was like, oh my shit! But then, you know, spoiler, of course, uh, turns into a demon, and I was happy. 
<laughs> I w- I literally was that close to get to to getting pissed off at this movie. That's if awesome. that if that was legit and that went through, I would have got mad. <laughs> but what what are you gonna do? Um, I learned that uh, detour detour signs are so, are sharp as shit. What <laughs> detour signs? No, I don't uh, I don't remember that. It decapitates somebody. The 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 werewolf guy. Um, actually, we talked about the rest of the things I learned, but I have some who else said that. What's that? It's kind of been building up for the last 14 years. <laughs> oh, uh, that's Al Gore at his alimony hearing explaining why he sexually assaulted that woman because Tipper was such a cock tease. <laughs> that's awesome. I hate Tipper Gore. Oh, well, well, uh, come on. Back in the 80s, she rocked. She, uh, she, uh, Showed she did a showdown with uh, what's his name uh, from uh, Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister, yeah, yeah, Snyder. Yeah, she was D. trying Snyder. to censor music. That bitch. Yeah, screw her. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's the, here's the next uh, quote. I can live with it if you can. And that's uh, Stephen and Vaughn contemplating the future of their relationship after realizing that they've shared the herpes virus with one another. Yeah, with once a day Valtrex, that will go away, <laughs> and they can live with it. Exactly. And explore their love. They can go kayaking. <laughs> Excellent. In the rivers of West Virginia. <laughs> oh, man. That makes me want to get herpes just so I can do that. <laughs> uh, okay, the last one. Marsha has been <laughs> Marcia has been giving you some pointers. That was Jan Brady to Greg Brady when he finally got her to have an orgasm. That's awesome. You know what's funny about that? What? Well, Is I, in uh, the initiation, I actually have a, a Brady Bunch reference. Are you serious? I swear to God. That is scary. Yeah, well, you and I, we do that, man. It's weird. We get a lot of the same kind of stuff, but different different movies. <laughs> Excellent. It's awesome. You got any? Uh, just one, and it's really not even funny. It's um, There's a scene at the end where the guy is, the girl's getting attacked by the demon, and the Asian guy yells, no! And that was Joey in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, because it was the exact same thing. Like At the last moment, for no reason, they just yelled no. Oh, dude. No serves no purpose. Like, the demons are going to stop and be like, oh, you're, you're all right. I'm leaving. Dude, wh- when you're panicking, that's all you yell, okay? But just in case you wanted to sexually molest you. <laughs> that, that's always, like, one of the last things that come to somebody's mind when they start panicking. No! That's what they mean. <laughs> Don't touch my balls! All right, well, it was, a, it was a Tiffany Sheppes demon. Oh, I'd let her Please, touch my balls. Touch my balls. <laughs> Except for that was, uh, what's his name with the mustache in there, man? Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, weird. Well, she kind of looked weird anyway. She had like a, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I was going to go way off on something bad. Oh, come on. No, it's not appropriate for the show. <laughs> what? Okay, so I want everybody to, I learned something new. There are actually subjects that aren't appropriate for the show. Well, I mean, uh, I was about to go after like a, I was just going to say she had. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You didn't You didn't want to say that after all the crap Sam gave to me? <laughs> really? I, I assume somewhere we have a, a listener and they're going to kick my ass for that. They can't kick your ass or a Well, they can kick my ass. They can punch it. <laughs> oh, that is so rude. That is awesome. <laughs> rude dicks. Did you get a kick in the uh, balls for this? I did. I got a couple, uh, blonde kid doing it with Delia. He just, he just, I'm pissed off that he blew it with his really long tongue. You think that, uh, you know, you'd have, you'd, that would be an asset to you is all I'm saying. First, his first instinct was to chew the damn thing off. It's like, what? Why do you do that? Dude. Dumbass. It's a new concept, but go with it. 
Wow, I got a tongue boner. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I also got a professor who kicks or who hits Brooke Burke with a damn staff, thus removing any chance of some boobage for us. Oh, I didn't completely remove that. I mean, oh, yeah, but then it would have been weird. Well, he could have knocked her been... so hard that it just like kind of flopped out as she was falling. Did we get boobs? No. Oh, no, we okay. did in the movie. Yeah, there was a memory count well, of uh, right, but, but from Brooke? No, not from Brooke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Man, I got a kick in the balls. Let's hear it. Oh, did you have any more? Nope, that's it. Um, mine is for the writer, for the nonstop puns. Oh, dude. They were like they were fine to a, to a, an extent, and then it just got like way over the top. Oh, yeah. You know, yes, and then yeah, just be just prepare yourself, people, when you watch that for that kind of BS, and you'll be fine. <laughs> what would you give this, man? Uh, let's see. Um, you know, I'd give it a buy. Would you really? I I really liked it. I I mean, I thought it was I thought it was a fun movie to watch, and uh, uh, for for the Camel Toe alone, I would pay the money. That's awesome. But uh, but uh, now you know, I I I mean, she had cheesy effects, sketchy acting. Um, it wasn't a very unique story. It, uh, it was, you know, meant to be comedic. It was just fun to watch, though. I had a good time watching it. I give it a buy. I can see that. I gave it an AMC. <laughs> wow, man, it's freaking rough. Not really. I mean, I would watch it on TV, but that's about it. I mean, uh, I wouldn't pay money to see it. Well, you know what? I'm gonna buy it two times and give you one copy. Hey, that's fine with me. Uh, Six Degrees, Nectar Rose was in was in Roman with Lucky McKee, who was in the woods with Bruce Campbell. Who was in Bruce Campbell? <laughs> who was in... Wow. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, that's it. You got anything else to say? Nope. We'll get on to the next movie pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> we can't wait. Oh, I'm like, I am just foaming at the mouth. Exactly. That's excellent. We're going to throw in some uh, Slasher Central. Be right back. Hey, you want a beer? Or do you want to smoke some pot? We love premarital sex. Welcome to another Slasher Central. Today, we're talking about The House on Sorority Row from 1983. Dorothy Slater has been the house mother to the girls of Theta Pi Sorority for a long time. She is old-fashioned, and she is set in her ways. So when she forbids the girls from throwing a graduation party at the sorority house... They decide to play a prank on her in retaliation, and it goes deadly wrong. Slater is killed, and the girls must cover up the crime. Now the girls are being targeted by someone or something who knows what they did. Has Mrs. Slater returned from the grave? 
Or is there something much more sinister at work? She's not breathing. Try and get an ambulance. Move it. Wait a minute. What good's an ambulance going to do now? There might still be a chance. Hurry! Don't you realize what we've done? It was an accident. That doesn't matter. She doesn't have any relatives. Oh, please. We either hide the body or face the police. I am calling an ambulance. You call now. It's over for all of us. Please, Katie, please do what she says. I don't want to get in trouble. Catherine, listen to Vicky. You've got to. What are we going to do with her? Let's hide her in the house. No, no, no. Someone will find her. The pool. It's perfect for now. We can get her out tomorrow morning. The House on Sorority Row was directed by Mark Rossman. It stars largely a cast of unknowns. Now, what's interesting about The House on Sorority Row is that in 1983, the slasher genre was really kind of petering out. I mean, it really went throughout the decade, but it had been a while since Halloween came out in 1978. In 1982, the previous year, we had a couple hits like Mad Men, which I discussed previously, and we had one of the highest grossing Friday the 13th entries in the series, Friday the 13th Part 3D. And we also had the Slumber Party Massacre. And the Slumber Party Massacre was already kind of parodying the genre. We'd also had hits like Student Bodies, which was basically an outright parody of the slasher genre. So by 1983, the the genre was showing its wear and tear. Now, you did have some gems. You had The Initiation, which you will hear about later. And you had the fantastic sequel, Psycho 2, starring the originator of the series, Anthony Perkins. But you also had a lot of bombs like The Mutilator, Fatal Games, Scalps, movies that really were just glorified ripoffs of better slasher movies. And that goes for the same with The House and Sorority Row. This movie is very familiar. There's nothing really special about the movie, but it's not bad either. First of all, the movie stars Kate McNeil as Catherine and Aline Davidson as Vicky, and they're your, pretty much your two main protagonists. First of all, the movie starts out with a flashback scene in which you have the house mother, Helen Slater, giving birth to a baby, and something goes horribly wrong. You don't know what happens, it cuts away, and then you move forward to the present day where you have your group of girls getting ready to graduate and they're going to throw this party. And then the house mother Slater puts the kibosh on the whole thing and they plan a prank that goes horribly wrong and she's shot. And there you go, there's your movie. So that accident right at the beginning. Now this harkens back to one of your granddaddies of the slasher genre and that's Friday the 13th and the death of Jason Voorhees. You have drowned. You never paid any attention. What you did to him. Look what you did to him. 
And then, besides that cliche, you also have the final girl. Every slasher movie has to have your final girl or boy, and it's no exception in this movie. Kate McNeil as Catherine is pegged as the final girl right from the first scene. She's virginal, she's pretty, she doesn't have a boyfriend, she is very innocent, she's the lone dissenter when everybody decides to hide Dorothy Slater's body, and it's really sickening. I mean, she's... You basically your classic stereotypical virginal final girl. She must be tight like a man's anus. So let's talk about the elements of the movie. First of all, in any slasher movie, you have your stock and slash scenes. The killer is picking off these people and in a typical body count movie, this is what happens. Well, first of all, the main problem that I had with this movie is that it all takes place in one night. And you have these characters trying to hide this body of the, the house mother while this party's going on and they have the body in the pool. Well, in any type of body count movie, you have the killer picking off the characters one by one. And supposedly the other characters somehow don't notice this. And I call this the Friday the 13th phenomenon. And in the Friday the 13th movie, somehow it works. The characters are so wrapped up in their sex lives or the partying or whatever that they don't notice the other characters disappearing. But for some reason, with the house on Sorority Row, it just doesn't work here. Characters disappear and the other characters don't seem to notice and it really is apparent. It really stretches the credibility of the movie. Then there is the stock and slash scenes that are inherent in any slasher movie, and they're really a mixed bag here. You have some really effective scenes, like one that is in a boiler room, where a character goes down to the boiler room and is caught and eventually dispatched. And then you have another scene that is absolutely the opposite and doesn't work, where a character is killed in a bathroom, and that scene just doesn't work at all. So some of these stock and slash scenes are well done, some of them are not. But then you have your main elements like the gore and the nudity. Well, there's a lot of good nudity in the movie. In fact, one of the best scenes is where two characters are getting it on in a waterbed. The most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed. And then you have other characters changing right in front of the camera for no apparent reason other than to give a cheap thrill to the audience. So the nudity is definitely there for the audience. In terms of the gore, it is there as well. In fact, the first scene in the movie, the first real gore scene, is pretty spectacular. You could say that the director really blew his load with the first kill. Excellent! There's a big dummy, and there's a big uh, murder weapon that's thrust right through his head. It's pretty spectacular. You also have a pretty nasty throat slitting in the movie. You have a head, a severed head, that is found in a toilet, and a cane that's stuck right through somebody as they watch it, and they die slowly. So the gore is definitely there for the gorehounds. Now, the movie does stand out. There are some pretty neat elements to the movie. The main murder weapon is this bird cane. It's a long wooden cane with the figurehead being this bird that has a very sharp end to it. 
And this is a pretty striking murder weapon for the movie. You also have a pretty good soundtrack. Actually, the soundtrack is pretty unusual for a slasher movie. It's pretty majestic, and it's it evokes the feeling of being in college and being young and getting ready to graduate, and you're, you're about to come out into the world. The whole world is in front of you. It's a really nice breezy score and it also is punctuated by this mysterious and creepy music box that is the calling card of the main killer in the movie. You also have some pretty cool directing, some pretty trippy scenes. There is basically this one character who is a doctor, and he drugs the main final girl in a ploy to basically lure the killer out of hiding and trap him. So he's using her as bait. Now, this doctor is pretty familiar. Uh, I can't remember who he reminds me of. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, hmm. Eyes of a psychopath. It'll come to me. But basically, he has this past with Dorothy Slater, and he is—he comes in midway through the movie, and he's a pretty cool character. He gives you a little background on this story. Twenty-four years ago, she came to me. She heard about my work with other women, unable to bear children. As risky as it was, knowing the odds were against her, she went through the experimental procedure. All she ever wanted in life was to have a child. What happened? It was a bitter disappointment for her as much as for me. The delivery was terribly traumatic. Ever since then, she's been a world of her own. And then you reach the final ending of the movie, which is a pretty good twist. And this is a twist in the pure sense, the real sense of the word, in that it gives you a new perspective on events and conversations that have taken place throughout the movie. So it's a pretty neat twist. In fact, when I watched this movie for the second time and I knew the twist, certain scenes made more sense and you realize that they're a little bit different. So pretty cool twist, but on the other end of the spectrum, the ending is very abrupt. The movie just kind of ends. You have the final girl, and she confronts the main killer of the movie, but there's no final girl fight, like in Friday the 13th, or other movies like Terror Train. It just suddenly ends, very anticlimactically, actually. Now, I don't usually do this, but I am going to ruin the ending a little bit, in that the final girl does live. And an interesting dark fact about this movie is that originally the movie was going to have a much darker ending and the heroine, Catherine, was going to meet her demise. In fact, there was an alternate ending in addition to that where she met a more ambiguous ending and you didn't know whether she lived or she died. Now, the ending where she died actually was shot, but it's been lost to time. Currently, it is not available to view at all. So this was an interesting, uh, an interesting way to go about the movie. The director was confused why it seemed to be that all these, these heroines in these movies always lived at the end of the movie. And in this one, it's no exception. I really wanted Catherine to die, but she doesn't. I'm sorry that I have to ruin that for you, but 
it's not really that much of a surprise. The movie is essentially pretty formulaic. Now, there are worse slasher movies out there. And if you're really going to look at this from a macro view and you're going to compare it to the other slasher movies of the 80s, this is one of the bigger ones, I would say. Obviously, it got remade in 2009 into Sorority Row, which we'll be talking about soon and you'll hear about later in this Cadaver Lab episode. So it was a pretty significant movie in the 80s. I would hold this up on probably one of the lower tiers. It's not a great movie. Movie, but it's better than Drek like The Mutilator and other movies like Hell Knight and stuff like that. So, not a bad movie. On our slasher movie scale of blood, boobs, and partying, it would seem like this one would rank pretty high. You have a lot of gore, you have some pretty good scenes of partying in the movie, although pretty dated, and you even have some nudity throughout the movie. But again, this movie just isn't anything notable. There's no reason for me to really recommend it for you unless you really like 80s slasher movies. So having said that, let's move on to the main event. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Of course, I'm talking about The House on Sorority Row 1983 versus Sorority Row 2009. Well, first, one of the main differences between House and Sorority Row is that they have different influences. You'll notice right away that Sorority Row 2009 feels a lot like a movie from the 90s. And of course, that's I Know What You Did Last Summer. And let me give you some advice. When you leave a man for dead, make sure he's really dead. And that movie really treats the the accident that happens very similarly. Now House on Sorority Row treats it totally different. And the character that is killed is totally different in House on Sorority Row versus Sorority Row. In fact, the one that's killed in the House on the Sorority Row is the house mother. Now, in Sorority Row, 2009, you have the house mother being played by Carrie Fisher, none other than Princess Leia herself. And man, geez, she has not aged well. Are you stuck-up, scruffy-looking nerf herder? Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but she hasn't. I mean, she's a little bit more heavy-set now. She's still a great actress. She still like her presence, but she's just fat. Nerf herder. Nerf All right, all right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Then you have the main protagonist, or in this case, the antagonist of the movie, which is Vicky in The House on Sorority Row and Jessica in Sorority Row 2009. They're both blonde, bimbo bitches that basically drive forward the plot. Both of them encourage the sorority sisters to hide the crime. So this is a common character in both movies. You also have the final girl, but that's treated very differently. The final girl, Catherine, in The House on Sorority Row is a very different character than the one that Brianna Evigan plays in 2009. You also have a very succinct difference between the murder weapons. You have this really distinctive cane in the house on Sorority Row, and you have kind of like a modified tire iron in the Sorority Row remake. But they both look really cool. Now, an interesting dark fact is that the cane from the house on Sorority Row actually makes an appearance in Sorority Row 2009. Can you spot it? 
It's held by one of the characters in the movie. So take a look for it the next time you watch it. And finally, the main difference, another big difference, is the characters in the both of the movies. The characters in Sorority Row and the house on Sorority Row are definitely stereotypes. They're nothing special, but they are distinctive in the remake. In the original, they're not. I couldn't really name anybody in the original. But in the remake, you have the Asian girl that's insecure in her looks. You have Chugs, the slut and alcoholic that gets drugs from her psychologist. You have the bitchy Vicky. You have the whiny Rumor Willis, who is Bruce Willis's daughter, the cry type throughout the movie. And they're a lot more distinctive. There's a lot more humor in the movie. So the characters make Sorority Row 2009 more fun. So those are the differences. Each one is a different movie and a product of their time. The Sorority Row remake is definitely a product, a film of our generation. If I were to say which one is better, I would probably say the remake. And that usually doesn't happen very often. It's more fun. It's more funny. It's more gory. It's just a lot better. And that does not happen very often. A certain kind of girl joins Pi Theta sorority. A girl who likes to party and likes to get close to her friends. A girl whose extracurricular activities were more daring than most. A girl who could turn her fantasies into reality. One more sling won't set us back, any. Then again, Pi Theta was different from other sororities. Because in this sorority, nothing is off limits. As long as it's fun for the girls. So when it came time to say goodbye, they decided to make real sure that no one would ever forget the girls in the house on Sorority Row. And we are back with Sorority Row from 2009. I hope as you girls prepare to go out into the world that the things that you've learned here in Theta Pi will help you to do the right thing. We have a problem. What is it? Garrett cheated on me. You cheat on one Theta, you cheat on every Theta. That boy needs to be taught a lesson. <laughs> you alright? Showtime. <laughs> What's going on, man? Are you okay? Uh, oh my god. Ew. Guys, careful. Uh, she's convulsing. What did you do? Go get the car now. What? She really died. What? She really died on this mud Hey, Garrett, we're gonna take care of this, okay? What's happening? I can't see. You're dead, dummy. It's a body. Do we wrap it in the blanket as is, or do we chop it into little pieces first? All right, everybody spread out and find sharp rocks to dismember the body with. How long are you going to keep this going? What the hell did you do? She wasn't dead! Oh my god. Megan's dead, and we're all responsible. I don't see a way out of this! Maybe there is. We're not going to let this ruin our lives. If we all stick to the same story, no one will ever know. as happy as this day is, one of our sisters is still missing. To Megan, we love and miss you. Oh my God. It's a prank. It's the only explanation. 
Hello? I have one, guys. Megan came back from the dead. Now she wants to kill us. composed by Lucian Piani. The one most important thing that you should know about him is he plays keyboards, synthesizer, piano, and he's a producer, and he writes music for motherfucking RuPaul. Hells yeah! I don't even know what to say about that. I've got so much love for that man. I mean, every time I go to the disco and I'm throwing down with my boys... I, I have served so many bitches up a big old hot steaming plate of an electric boogaloo to RuPaul's jams. Bitch, recognize! Well, recently Lucian has started to do movie scores, and in fact, he's actually really good at what he does. This score itself is heavily influenced by Marco Beltrami's work, especially from Scream. Uh, Marco Beltrami came along and really kind of shook things up because he could shift from these really old-school uh, Hitchcock elements, these, these Bernard Herrmann kind of heavily string, intense musical sequences, and he could shift straight from that into some more contemporary and synth-driven... Um, it, he could mix them together and go between the two. Uh, really just mastered it. And that's really what set, I think, uh, Scream uh, apart from what was going on at the time. This definitely harkens to that. The only difference here being that it doesn't shift between the two elements. It stays pretty much only in the contemporary and modern. Uh, by that I mean he keeps his synth and his strings and stuff up top, and they do chords and harmonies and move around with some dissonance. But underneath, instead of using uh, strings or horns or something to create kind of a rhythm, he just puts a synth pad, um, which granted a lot of other composers think is lazy or bad orchestration um, which you know honestly is just stupid because the truth of the matter is this is what he wanted to do it's what he intended to do it fits perfectly with the movie it's very contemporary very modern and it works great um, however it works great because he knows how to use uh, those elements and if you notice, what he does is the more intense a sequence gets uh, or a scene, uh, that undercurrent, uh, that synth pad, kind of that, that pounding, um, will increase. It, it gets louder or it quickens um, and slows down once the intensity is over or if it's a slower scene or something like that. It works great. Um, one misstep I thought at the beginning was when you get the first death as she's dying, uh, you go from this intensity and everything, and suddenly it kind of slips into this nostalgic, beautiful piano theme uh, where it's trying to force on to the viewer that, oh my God, she's dying, this is awful, I feel so bad, let's all cry about it. And the director even just like zooms in on everybody's eyes and shit, like that's supposed to be so 
you know, heart wrenching. I don't know. I don't quite get that. I mean, it didn't really work. I didn't think nobody really looked that sad except for rumor, but she's always got a long face. But he pulls it around because throughout the movie, um, whenever there's a reference to the death, to um, the girl, not the secret, but to the death, um, there is that theme coming back. It, it, it's different later on, and they'll change it, but it's still that piano element that'll kind of creep up into it. And it actually works really, really well, because throughout the movie, um, when you're trying to figure out who the killer is, there are these references to the girl, to the death, um, to this return, um, this element of this return throughout the story. And he brings back that piano music from that one moment of her death. It actually works really well and serves the story great. What he does that's also really cool is after the death, there's the moment of secrecy where they talk about secrecy and solidarity and they keep the secret. In that moment, he doesn't use the piano theme. He actually uses low string and he kind of makes it a little more intense and really dark. And that's really cool throughout the movie to see what he does with that. Um, he utilizes these elements in a lot of ways to trick the viewer into thinking whatever he wants you to think. And they do a pretty good job at leading you in different ways with the music. Uh, it serves the story really well. Uh, Lucian's actually become fairly popular on the internet for doing these remixes um, where he'll take some uh, house techno beats and uh, remix people's uh, speeches over them or rantings. Um, for instance, uh, Christian Bale. Uh, when he goes off on the uh, on the lighting guy, cinematographer, whoever the... I don't know. It could be craft services for all I know. I don't give a shit. But um, he just put that to a beat, and everybody thought that was so damn cool. I don't know. God, rumor eats fetuses. This movie had a budget of $16 million. Oh, my God, where did they spend that money? <laughs> um, and... By the way, I'd like to go ahead and just start off saying this movie opened on September 11th, and this was a disaster all of its own. Oh! But, uh... Oh, oh! <laughs> I can't, I can't... Oh, oh man, too soon. Too, oh, okay. <laughs> too soon, man. <laughs> <laughs> the plot synopsis for this, a group of sorority sisters try to cover up the death of their, their house sister after a prank gone wrong, only to be stalked by someone who knows their secret. <laughs> that is as in-depth as I want to get. Okay, Okay, well, it's a bunch okay. of bitchy, shitty, stupid, fake tan, fake blonde. Oh, what? Wow. Uh, college girls who I couldn't tell any of them apart except for there was an Asian girl. There were two brunettes, two blondes, and then Rumor Willis who looks like a Herma, a Hermie. <laughs> dude, dude, okay. First of all, the Asian girl was hot. Oh, she, she was, was obnoxious, in, though. She was in a movie called Princess Protection Program, okay, that I watched. Okay. She did a great job in that, too. Oh, my okay. God. And, yeah, it was on Disney Channel. And uh, Rumor Willis, what did you say she looks like? Uh, she's got a man's chin, but she's got, like, the top half of a woman's head. I don't know. She, Dude. She looks like a tranny. She looks like an owl. I could see that. Um, but you know, she's got, like, a long nose and a... And just a ew, yeah, she's bizarre But you know what's funny, though? As, as repulsive as I find her, she was the most attractive woman in this. Are you serious? Oh, hands down, because the rest of them were all fake. I mean, there wasn't a single woman in this movie who I would look at twice if they were passing me. Really? Oh, not at all. I don't like that fake blonde, fake tan, fake personality shit. I hate it. And yeah, but the, dude, dude, movie... dude, 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 settle down. Oh. Settle down. <laughs> all right. 
I just want to say one thing. I agree with you in real life. However, in movies, they are still kind of annoying. <laughs> but do me a favor and don't murder anybody, okay? <laughs> I just want to make sure that uh, you, that uh, you don't go out and kill anybody that looks like that. Because man, you were no. that was scaring me I, for a minute. Well, I I'm not murderous with it, but here's the thing: <laughs> I'm not murder. Thank you. Prove that, okay? I like slasher movies where you can. You can at least identify or like one character, and there you was there was not one oh character in this movie. Every what? I was gonna say, wow, man! I you know what? Well, then th- if you if you had such a hard time with that, well, then then you're, this movie is screwed for you because you deal with those girls the whole movie. Well, there's not. No, I mean, none of the characters. I mean, even Carrie Fisher, the two minutes she's in it is obnoxious. Yeah, and I love Carrie Fisher. I don't know if she's obnoxious. She's just some old lady. Well, she's just throwing out these one-liners that are stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. This movie... Um, well, let me go on. I'll talk about the... It was written by and everything. Okay. It was written by Josh Stolberg, uh, Pete Goldfinger, which is just a cool-ass last name. Um, which, let me go ahead and say right now... Better than Poopy Finger. Exactly. Let me go ahead and say right now um, what these guys have written in the past. Um, both of them have worked on the Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV show. They both worked on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. Wow. Um, they both wrote, or one of them wrote Good Luck Chuck, which was a Dane Cook piece of shit. Uh, and, oh, I didn't see it. And based on the fact that, that besides all this, the only thing they've written is uh, Piranha 3D, which I probably won't see now if they've written it. Dude, but you have to realize that this that this movie was a pretty pretty much cookie cutter slasher film. It was, it's, but in the, it's in the not original, like in the original, I any... liked it. Like I liked well, characters in the original. This one was just well, obnoxious. It was like for the MTV like Ritalin generation. Oh, and and I agree with you. However, I do um, um, I do resent the fact that you said the riddling uh, generation because I like to tell riddles all the time. Ritalin. I I like to solve. Oh, Ritalin. <laughs> My bad. It's for the kids with ADHD who are on it and they don't need to be. They use it for crack. But, uh, Sweet. It's directed by Stuart Hendler, who um, he's actually, uh, I don't know what he's done. I didn't look him up because I figure if he directed this, he probably like directed The Hills and Laguna Beach or something. Um, I have no idea what either of those are. They're MTV shows. Basically, oh, cool. basically, it starts off with a star from MTV's The Hills, and she passes out. Who's in it? Who's who's in The Hills? Uh, her name is. Uh, let's see, freaking. Well, I, I got it written down somewhere. What's, her name is. First of all, okay. Um, here, hold on, it's right here. It's um, Audrina Partridge, and, oh, I don't, and okay, she's I don't. on the show The Hills, and basically, she's acting. Her and her friends have a prank against this guy that she's like basically. ODing on somewhat like roofies. Well, ba- yeah, basically the 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 sorority sisters g- give this guy roofies to give to her, which weird. Yeah, I mean, right there's that, a red flag. Yeah, but um, so Unless you're really horny. Uh, the best the best part of the whole movie. Well, there there were two parts I liked. So they go to dump the body, and as they're taking her out to this like, like, I don't know, like, wow, a- you skipped like the whole thing, man. Come on. The whole thing. Come on, that. tell tell us about the prank. Oh well, she starts convulsing and they pick her up and. Because I actually her. really like the prank. I'm I, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off, but I think the prank was probably the best part of the movie. The prank. Yeah, I, I like the prank. I like when he gets out there and he stabs her for real. 
That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, that's what I was getting to. Oh, my, oh man, sorry. <laughs> hey, I man, am already sorry, I'm already at my boiling touchy. point in this movie. I could tell. This is worse than Cabin Fever 2 to me, man. Didn't you love that? Oh, I, wait, that was me. I would actually go buy that before I'd watch this again. Wow. But, uh, no, um, so they, they go out there, actually, and while the girls are, like, acting, you know, they're, they're trying not to laugh and stuff, and they're having a good time, and the guy's freaking out, so he takes a tire iron, and he drives it through her heart. And the, well, well, because he didn't want her to float at the bottom of the well, to, so he wanted to take the damn air out of her lungs, and so he stabs her with a tire iron, oh. thinking she's already dead anyways. It's like, how far do you have to take a joke, you idiots? You know, that's that's what I kept saying to myself. I'm like, you know what? I realize that something has to go bad because this is a slasher movie, but really, the, you are about as dumb as they come because this. Oh yeah, this this to me felt like. It felt like, you know, after Scream came out and you had all the the other copycats. The posers. This felt yeah. exactly like one of those movies. And just like those, it, it just failed with me. Like, it was just co- cookie-cutter crap that I could have d- done without. Dude, I have a note saying that this is uh, this could have been, um, uh, what was it? I know, I know what you did in the sorority last year or, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you know, last summer. It really could have been, man. <laughs> Dude, that's exactly, I mean, that's basically exactly what it was. And I know that we're not spoiling anything because uh, even if you've never seen this movie, even if you've never seen the original, you know that what, and you're a horror fan, you know what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. Basically. Now, let me ask you something. Let me, let me put some on the table. Um, first of all, let me ask you, the, the main chick, the main good chick, was she, is she the girl, her name was uh, Brianna Evigan. Was, was she on The Office? I, I don't even know. Like I used to watch The Office, but I don't remember. I don't remember. She looks like the girl in The Office. Yeah, I. And okay, so okay, so let's say first of all, I didn't mind Jamie Chung, and I think she was hot. But we hate all those characters. Okay, mm-hmm. we know we do. We hate them. Wasn't it pretty cool to see them all die? Well, that's what I was getting to next. There was only one kill that was even rem- like I that I could even re- remember. And two that, kills. I only remember one with the wine bottle. Oh my gosh, that's the only one I happen to remember. <laughs> Name one other kill in that movie. I can't do it, man. She starts from, well, besides the besides the stabbing in the beginning. Well, I don't count that because that's the prank. Let's see. Um. Oh my gosh, can't do there's, it, man. There's the people there's tell the me wine bottle. People keep telling me about the gore and how good the the kills were, but I remember one kill in this whole movie. Dude, I I watched this like three days ago. Man, I'm telling you, the wine bottle kill was awesome. Girl's drinking the wine, and he jams it down her throat and then breaks the glass in her mouth. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, that was the one. Dude, there, were, there was other ones that had to do with the mouth again. They stuffed things in the mouth. There was one. I don't remember. There oh, was, oh, there's one where that, that typical shot of the knife going to where you can see it in the mouth from underneath the jaw. Oh, right, 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 right. But yep. I, I've seen that 300 times, so it's kind of an old trick. Is that a is that an estimation, or you think you've actually seen it exactly three hundred times? Oh, exactly. I don't like your attitude, Mister. Oh, I'm just teasing. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you, this this movie <laughs> is probably the worst horror movie I've seen in the last ten years. Oh my gosh, I did not hate that. I did not hate this nearly that bad. I, I'll tell you a couple things. I things love the about original. That I liked. Well, you know, I haven't seen the original in so long. I can't even remember uh, what it's like. I remember there being. Uh, the I remember there being I remember enjoying it I just can't remember you know it's just been so long it was fun um, the original was fun for me 
Well, this one wasn't. Yeah, you're right. This one they kind of they kind of took the heart out of it, um, as they always do. I mean, this is kind of a uh, you can equate it to. I think. I mean, in, in uh, what was that called? Uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street. They kind of took the heart out of it in the remake, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. I think they kind of did that here. You know, in in they, in you're right. They did. They did kind of make it for the MTV generation. However. I mean, there was some there were some cool things about it that I liked about how that that main blonde was always talking about um, you know a sisterhood of trust and and, uh, and it, it, the whole movie just ended up being about paranoia and manipulation and lies um, you know and I think that uh, this movie maybe and, and this doesn't necessarily mean that this movie itself but with the story that was set up and everything this could have been that could have been it without a slasher on it and then people just got so paranoid that they started uh you know offing each other which i think would have made a pretty good movie as well but then you throw in a then you throw in a a slasher to it and uh, uh i did like his weapon however it was underutilized the gore i think a little bit i don't know i i just thought that whenever somebody died i was like yes you know, and, you know, I didn't hate the girl that was in the office or looks like the girl who was in the office. I don't know. I didn't hate her. Let me I can let me go down a list of things I didn't like about this movie. OK. All right. Because I have quite a few of them. I absolutely hated the pop culture references. Like I hated the the Facebook and the YouTube references. This movie's dated already. It's dated because in 10 years, you know, it's kind of like movies where they're using, uh, I don't know, like an eight track. I mean. It's it's why movies like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth still work because they don't really use, they don't rely so heavily on pop culture, right? Where, but I mean, you know, it's, watching it now, YouTube is still huge, Facebook is still huge. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Like, I mean, who's to say in ten, twenty years that any of that well, stuff will be relevant? I mean, so this movie, maybe I won't watch it in ten, twenty years. Oh yeah, I hope not. Well, I'm, all I'm saying is for now that was, uh, but but I. Uh, I I don't know. It wasn't the, it wasn't those kind of references that bugged me. It was it was just kind of how hip and trendy they all tried to be. Oh well, and well, and just the fact that they were all like driving Escalades and shit. Like <laughs> they're all rich bitches. Who could relate to that? I mean, if you can relate to that, then this is probably right up your alley. Listen, I uh, I I drive an Escalade, but that's only because you're I an got adult. Hose in the back. Yeah, I mean, it's different. <laughs> it's different when you're like sixteen. No, oh, dude. I'm with you, man. They, these these were, I mean, these were obviously children of privilege. I mean, one of the guys' parents was running for the president of the United States. I mean, oh yeah. There, there's there's no doubt that this is this is a group that um, is very wealthy. And I mean, can you relate to it? Not exactly, but it's fun to watch them die. I uh, I'll tell tell you. Well, I didn't mind watching them die. I just wish the deaths were a little better. But um, I agree. I I you know I will agree with you on that because there there could have been. I think if that were ramped up a notch i think i would have been uh, more on board oh absolutely the uh the cinematography in this movie was some of the worst i've ever seen in any movie well it was like a music video right oh it, dude there was a scene and i actually had to rewind it there was a scene where three girls were talking and the camera kept shifting focus so much and every time they'd show a girl, she was at a different angle. That I actually thought there were like seven girls talking, but there were just three. And I thought, and, and I, and after I rewound it and I watched it again, I was like, whoever did this, either was having a goddamn seizure while they were doing it, or have no idea what they're doing. Like, it, it, well, and the, you know, and like, the problem with that too is they kind of all look exactly the same. Exactly. That's why I said. I mean, 
there were two blonde girls, two brunette girls, uh, Manchin and uh, Asian. Manchin. That, that's your girls, Man Manchin, <laughs> um, Manjaw, and uh, the. Here's another thing too that I'm not liking with. By the way, with, if you ever make fun of Robert Zadar's love child again, I'll punch you. Oh, it, she could be. <laughs> she could be maniac cop at I don't know, but uh, the the white edges. Did you notice the white edges around? Like there'd be two girls talking, and then around the whole frame, it was like blurry white. What, was it supposed uh, to be a smoke-filled room? I mean, are they, like, partying in, like, Marilyn Manson's mansion? Or what's going on here? I, I did not notice it. It was obnoxious. It's like it's like these people just, like, had all these, like, I don't know. It's like they were using a Windows Movie Maker to make this shit. But they had, Hey, what's wrong with that? But they, Well, that's what I used. But they still had $16 million. And what was that, to pay these girls off? I mean. Are you kidding me? You know how much money those bitches probably took to get boned by the director? Oh, yeah. Oh, the uh, that's my kick in the balls for this man, Mark Rossman. Uh -oh. Mark Rossman, the guy who did the yeah. original, was like uh -huh. executive producer on this. You eat a dick, dude. I noticed. That. Eat a fucking dick. <laughs> wow, you're angry, dude. I mean, I'm sure he just wanted a paycheck, you know. But at some point, you got to be like, well, my movie was decent, and this is a piece of crap. Yeah. Uh, can I can I mention? Are you done with your list? Man, I just feel like I'm ranting and being a downer, but I hated this so much. <laughs> All right, let me let me mention one thing I didn't like, and maybe it's just because I'm uncultured. But Lack what's up with snapping, snapping, yeah, snapping instead of clapping? Oh man, when they're at that, oh, I asked Shelly the same thing. I I said, what is that? And she had no idea either. Like nobody knew. <laughs> why do you snap? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so cultured. I snap. I figured it out though. I don't know. You want to know what why? Are they at a, what are they at? Like a, a jazz? No. Uh, what do they call? What is that? Scatting. Uh, that poetry crap. They're scatting. <laughs> you know what? I will never be cool enough to snap instead of clap. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know. You know why they snapped? No. Because they all already have the clap. Why? <laughs> That's why they snapped. I actually think it's because they had a drink in one hand and they still wanted to applaud, but still. That's not applaud. Smack your ass. Dude, I would have liked this movie a lot more if they were doing that. Oh, I would have too. <laughs> oh man, I, I didn't even read off the cast, and I wrote the cast down, but I really don't think I don't. I wouldn't call these women actresses. None of them. D dude, I have I have to say to you, Carrie Fisher. I, I like I like Jamie Chung. Oh, you didn't find her annoying though. Annoyingly attractive. Oh, whatever, man. <laughs> uh, uh, and were there were there what was the memory camp? The memory count on this movie was 10. Uh, I don't even remember where they were. It was mostly in the shower. Oh, that's right. They're, and it was the it was the it was the one scene wonder. Yeah. It was like right. it was like quick flash of boobs, you know, nip here, nip there, but it was nothing nothing good. No. Right. I mean, any boobs are good, I guess, but I don't know. I <laughs> I enjoyed them a lot more in the other two movies. Take that back. Well, well I I enjoy all boobs. I got a 6 degrees for this one. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Rumor Willis was in the whole nine yards with her dad. Surprise, and Matthew Perry, who was in serving Sarah with Bruce. Excellent. Did you notice? That was... I, I looked at Rumor Willis's uh, filmography, and she'd only been in movies with her mom or her dad, which I think is well, hilarious. Well, like... she was also like six years old or something. Yeah. Well, she was in striptease. Yeah, as a kid. Yeah, but it's just kind of weird being in a movie where your mom's like got her bangers out the whole movie. 
Well, she's she's obviously retarded, mildly retarded, because <laughs> she she's now married to, to uh, Ashton Kutcher. Oh, I thought you were talking about rumor because of, of her misshapen head. No, I no, I think that uh, you know what? Listen, okay, if we can give the Elephant Man our respect, we can give her our respect. Okay. Oh, dude, she looks like Rocky. Know the dude, she looked like Rocky Dennis from Mask. Dude, I know. But she was the most She's, attractive still. She, no, no. Oh, my gosh, no. I, I thought the main girl was cute, too. Oh, that's one of the things. Every time you say the main girl, I keep thinking what I didn't like about this movie the most. At the oh. at the very end, how they kind of made it a girl power thing. Yeah, exactly. When all three of them are walking out, it's like, oh, we defeated the evil man. I'm yeah. like, come on, get bent. I also thought that, He wasn't like, much of a man blonde. anyway. Yeah. But what about the evil blonde? Come on. Uh, the main girl, the main blonde, the main blonde. Uh, her attractiveness. Yeah, she was cute. She was at, out yeah. of all of them. She was probably the most cute. I mean, besides Jimmy Chung. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't know. She didn't do anything for me, man. No, listen, to each her own. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, Did you learn man. anything? <sighs> man, I learned a lot of stuff. Actually, I only learned one thing. Uh, if you have long hair. You always have to make sure that you take the time to move it out of the way if you're giving somebody CPR. I mean, it's not like time is of the essence or anything. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> How about you? Oh, that's it? No, yeah, that's all I got. Oh. I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. Even though I was kind of uh, kind of championing this movie, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, though. I mean, so. I, I learned uh, a few things, man. All right. I learned that sometimes actresses don't know they're actually in a movie. Um, Audrina Partridge, the girl from the beginning, that's a normal weekend for her, vomiting in strange men. And uh, people thinking she's dead. And uh, <laughs> lastly, I learned that Chugs died exactly as she lived, with something in her mouth. Excellent. And, uh, and with the smell of vomit. Oh, on her breath? Yeah, that was gross. Yeah, she's not wearing panties and she smells like vomit. And then she calls the guy gay for not wanting to do anything with her. I'm like, I'm, oh yeah, what was up with that? I don't know. I'm, I don't. I'm pretty sure if I were sober, I wouldn't want to do anything with her. Or I would drunk. Wait, drunk. Wait, what? That didn't make sense. Sober, I know. Either I way, either way, either way. Again, <laughs> uh, who else said that? Yeah, I got uh, he, she, or it is about to get two rounds to the face. <laughs> I, <laughs> That's what you say. That's what you say every Friday night before you get yourself psyched for the evening's festivities. Hell yeah! Uh, I don't care what it is, who it is. It's getting a couple of rounds to the face. Oh yeah! <laughs> Sick. That's awesome. Um, and uh, I'm kind of picking on Al Gore, but uh, but uh, I have a who, another who else said that uh, we don't have time to play catch me, rape me. Yeah, that was Al Gore's masseuse. <laughs> uh, I guess I did, I guess I missed out on that story. Oh, okay, yeah, look it up. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. I, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> you got any more? Uh, that's it. Uh, here's I only have one. Where's Megan? She should be here for this. That is Shia LaBeouf on the set of Transformers 3. She's not very reliable. <laughs> well, <laughs> she actually got fired from it. She did? Yeah, she got fired from Transformers 3. Oh, my gosh, I might actually watch it. Michael Bay says she's hard to work with. Michael Bay says she's hard to work with? Yeah, and if Michael Bay saying you're hard to work with, you must be a complete biatch. Hey, maybe she'll be in Sorority Row, too. Uh, yes. You know what, dude? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Uh, this was much better than I expected it to be, because I I had heard nothing but crap. Some of the chicks to me were annoying, but it just kind of made their deaths more satisfying, and I kind of like how they each kind of got what they deserved. Did you say you, you've heard nothing but crap for this? I have heard nothing but crap about this movie. Oh, I've heard nothing but good stuff. Like, really? Oh yeah, like Gray from the uh, from uh, the Dark Hours. This is well, this is I like only, his I've favorite movie of all time. No, it's not. And I've heard, heard several people say it's great. Well, I'm going to give this one a, a red box. Um, I'm going to give this one a kill everybody involved because I hate Really? I, not even a don't bother. You hated this movie. I, I will never watch this again. Like, and I think unless there's, there's some deep-seated resentment. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that. It's just that it was just so uninteresting. Like, there was nothing I liked about it. People, like Gray was saying, the kills and like like I said, I don't remember the kills except for one. No, yeah, I don't. I and don't like really either, I mean, the girls, I didn't like the girls. So I mean, well, see, I didn't have a problem with most of the girls. Um, I did have a problem with, uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with them when they were like speaking to each other in in private. I didn't like how they acted like at a party or in public or stuff like that. It really got irritating. Oh man, but I don't know. What do you think of the music but, in this movie? Um, I, there's, I don't think, uh, I just remember all like the, like the party music. That's what I mean. You like know, all I, the hip and trendy bands they were playing. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like any of the music in this. I, and I don't know about, I don't really recall the score. So no, well, the score was terrible, but the, uh, but the, the music they were playing, like the teeny bopper stuff was just, I mean, yeah, it, I would never buy this soundtrack. It was a whole, like a whole other tier of crap. <laughs> uh agreed oh, well, we agree on this <laughs> well kind of and, well except for jamie uh, on that at least jamie chung was hot okay that's all i have to say <laughs> me too man like let's get away from this let's burn it <laughs> all right uh let's do some uh it came from the public domain then we'll be right back word hey gord yeah steve i'm bored me too what do you want to do i know let's host a film festival what are you, high or only seven? 35 years in the making. It's the Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Thursday, September 2nd at the Big Picture Theater in Redmond, Washington. Two features, tons of shorts, and live music from Seattle's own Barefoot Barnacle. Hosted by Stephen Gord of the Bonebat Show. The festival sponsored by Mac and Jack's Brewery, Flying Saucer Pizza, Scarecrow Video, Comic Stop, Games and Gizmos, GT Printing Equipment, Stalker Farms, Field of Screens, and Indie Flicks. Tickets are $24 in advance or $28 after August 13th. The big picture is a 21 and over theater. Go to www.bonehand.com to get your tickets today. This is going to be huge, just like my wiener. Totally, but dude, you know it really pisses me off. The Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. You get the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Welcome to a night of total terror. When his bloody scalpel probes the forbidden secrets of a woman's flesh. The dead who live on living flesh. You came from 
Hey folks, it's Aaron with another episode of It Came From The Public Domain. So let's get that pledge pin on your uniform and let's uh, talk about Sisters of Death to go along with the uh, sorority theme for this week. Um, the movie starts out, it's a, uh, well, I would say late 70s, I think it's 77, 70, something like that. Movie uh, starts out with uh, what first glance appears to be some sort of uh, ritual. There's uh, some some women in like hooded women and in robes and that kind of thing. It turns out it's a uh, sorority initiation. Now, what the uh, the deal here is is it's a little game of Russian roulette. Of course, it's all supposed to be you know not a joke, but it's supposed to be you know no risk involved. Unfortunately, that doesn't turn out to be the case because one of the participants gets shot in the head and dies. And the story picks up a few years later. I believe it's five or seven years. I just watched this, but I don't remember the exact. But it's it's at least five years, maybe seven years later. And all the girls involved in the sorority are getting invitations to a reunion. So, you know, they're all doing different things. Most of them are a little, their lives aren't great. I mean, one one girl is, is like, sleeping around a lot. One is hitchhiking. Another one is sort of, like, into new age kind of stuff. Um, So they all go to the place where they're supposed to meet, where these two guys pick them up. The guys have just been hired by some mysterious person just to drop them off at this place and leave. So they get to to the house where they're supposed to go, and... No one seems to be around. There's a table set up for them, but uh, no one seems to be alarmed by the high-voltage fence that surrounds the place. So they decide, oh, that's okay, we'll just stay, it's all right. So the guys leave, and the girls settle in, and they look around, and of course they eventually get to swimming in the pool and eating and that kind of thing. The guys feel guilty about leaving them in a weird situation, so they come back ostensibly to check on them, but really they just want to kind of hang out with the girls and party. Well, I think it's a little mixture of both, but they get there, and eventually the girls let them come in, and and, uh, they have dinner and drink and hang out. The next morning they wake up um, and find out that the electric fence has been turned on and no one can get out. But what we eventually find out is the house is owned by the father of the girl who was shot, and he says he has evidence that there was no accident that someone put a live round of ammunition in the gun on purpose to kill his daughter, and he wants the person to confess. He's going to keep them there and do whatever until they confess. So eventually, I mean, as the movie goes on, people, there there are like tarantulas to show up, and Meanwhile, the guys are trying to figure out a way to find the fuse to deactivate the fence, and they're just trying different ways to to think how they can get out. Um, like I said, there's a the guy uses uh, spiders. He, he has like a dog that he can let loose on someone if they try to escape. You know, people die throughout the movie. Um, there's one person I believe is strangled or stabbed. It's you know typical like trapped in a house with a, with a crazy person kind of scenario, but we never are quite sure if the guy is doing this or if someone else is helping him or acting independently. And, of course, at the end, when it's just down to a few people left, um, 
There are some twists at the end, um, which, you know, of course, I won't go into. I actually, I wasn't too fond of this the first time I watched it, but then I was watching it again for the show. I actually liked it a little better, actually a lot better the second time around. So it's not a great movie, but it does fit with our sorority theme, and it's uh, it's not a bad movie either. I mean, it's not awful. It's uh, You might enjoy it. I mean, plus it's free. You can watch it on... Um, you can watch it on archive.org, I believe. I have two copies. I have one with the Chilling 50 Movie Classics, and then I have another copy on the Horrorlicious collection from BCI. Now, both prints are equally uncut, or as far as I can tell, they're uncut. Or at least if they are cut, they're cut the same way. However, the BCI print seems to be quite a bit better than the Mill Creek print, and when I say quite a bit better, I just mean that a better VHS copy was used to rip the thing. I mean, neither one of these are digitally enhanced or anything like that, but um, the color and the sound and everything seems to be a little richer on the uh, on the BCI version. So, like I said, if, uh, you know, we in for a little sorority suspense, it's not really a slasher movie. I mean, there are some of those elements to it, um, but... It's more of a trapped in the house with a crazy person who can you trust kind of thing. So uh, if it sounds good to you, give it a shot, and we'll see you next week.
All right, we're back to talk about the initiation from 1984. Before the initiation begins, the subjects are studied. Even their dreams are recorded. Before the initiation begins, the testing areas are selected. The sorority house, the sanitarium, the empty shopping mall. And just before the initiation begins, a toast is required. Being young, staying young, and dying young. Initiation. A fraternal tradition for over 100 years. Created for only one purpose. Pleasant dreams. The initiation. The ceremony that will never die as long as new blood is pledged. Oh, I'm recording. The Initiation, score composed by Gabriel Black and Lance Ong. I don't know shit about him. Lance Ong apparently did something with Oprah. Way to go, Harpo. And Gabriel Black is apparently a pseudonym for some guy that I don't really want to know much about because uh, what I started to find out is he apparently does synth music with uh, saxophone and smooth jazz. And you know... God help us all, I have standards, so I just wasn't going to go there. Fact is, this entire score is composed on uh, an old-school analog synth. In fact, I laughed my ass off at the very first note they play, which I like to call the brown note. It either sounds like somebody taking a shit, or it rattles a turd loose when you hear it. I'm not sure which one of those happened. I swear to God, they are using the same synthesizer that was used by Bob and Doug McKenzie in the basement of the brewery in Strange Brew. Gabriel and Lance start the uh, score off with this dreamy little uh, musical sequence, this little theme. Uh, It's kind of like this music box thing. And what they actually do is they shift the bottom note of the uh, chord that arpeggiates uh, just off by a half step. So it's in tune, and then it goes a little out of tune, and then back in. And it's a pretty cool little effect. It's a great theme they set up for this hallucination, this uh, dream sequence that reoccurs throughout the film. And then they never use it again. I don't know what the hell was going on when they scored this movie. Because they set up a theme at the beginning that's never used again. In fact, throughout the entire movie, they don't use themes. They use these... Uh, dissonant analog rising or falling just chords that don't do anything or go anywhere. I mean, they work all right, but they don't do shit. Uh, By the end of the movie, uh, nothing has developed thematically, motivically, nothing musically happens. It's just a lot of random uh, blips and bloops and shit like that that they uh, just pounded out on a goddamn Casio keyboard. And at the very end, when you get a reveal and everything, nothing happens until you cut to credits. A piano starts playing uh, a completely new theme, and it goes into some shit smooth jazz saxophone piece that, oh my 
God, they use an analog string synth that's not in tune with the saxophone. Who the hell overlooked that? Are these goddamn musicians that tone deaf that they couldn't they couldn't hear that? Holy shit. It's probably one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. Please, please go out of your way to hear this just so you can know how good of a musician you are compared to this shit. Another thing, uh, during the initiation, they actually used box invention number four. Really? For an initiation, you use Bach. All right, that's cool, whatever. I guess it kind of fits. Were they to actually know their shit, you should use Mozart for, you know, secret society shit like that. But they went with Bach. In fact, later on in the uh, mall, or the uh, shopping center, uh, they reused the invention number four again as elevator music in the background if you listen close for it. It's pretty damn lame. You know, that's about all I'm going to say about this one. Uh, The music fits the movie great. Pretty much, the music is as good as the best actor in this movie. Enough said. Directed by Larry Stewart. Okay, you want to know how awesome Larry Stewart is? He has directed episodes of The New Lassie, Amazing Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk, Charlie's Angels, Buck Rogers, Bionic Woman, and... Fantasy Island. That was about all I could really, that I, that I recognized. Uh, it was also written by uh, a guy named Charles Pratt, who wrote a bunch of All My Children episodes, General Hospitals, and some Melrose Places. Wow. Can you believe? Yeah, this is great. And despite all that, the IMDb <clears throat> score for this was a uh, 5.4. Oh, man. This should have been higher than the other two movies. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Anyway, um, let's see. It uh, starred Daphne Zuniga, Hot. Who, who, yeah, who's best known for her, uh, her role in uh, Family Ties as Alex P. Keaton's girlfriend. Oh, I, Nothing. Well, <laughs> I didn't realize she was on that. I was thinking uh, Princess Vespa. Yeah, Spaceballs. She was in The Fly 2. Yeah. Um, Fly 2 wasn't that good. She was in my bedroom the other night. I'm sure. Uh, she played Kelly and or Terry. What? Uh, Clue Gulager was in this. Uh, of course, we all know him from the gayest Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street. Apparently, it was the gayest. Apparently. <laughs> uh, well, people keep telling me that. Uh, he was, uh, God, this guy, I mean, this guy's almost a living legend. Return of the Living Dead, Feast, come on. He played uh, Dwight Fairchild. Uh, James Reed played Peter, Marilyn Kagan played Marsha, and uh, Robert Dowdill played Jason Randall. Basically, we have, you know, we kind of have the same setup as, uh, especially as the uh, the hazing. Uh, Kelly, well, anyway, uh, let's talk about the plot. Kelly Fairchild has been having some recurring nightmare where basically she's waking up to a scene of her parents doing it. <laughs> what? I hated that, by the way. I hope that was Clue's body double. Oh, it didn't really show a whole lot. Yeah, but I saw his his uncovered leg. <laughs> Full length. I did not like that. Uh, basically, she for some reason, she goes in and starts stabbing her dad. Is that right? Or her mom? That was her dad, I think. That was her dad. And uh, while that's going on, some mysterious dude in a business suit comes in. And uh, basically, Clue gets up, confronts the guy, and pushes him into the fire, and the guy burns up. Bizarre, okay? And only because of the leg. Clue's leg. 
<laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so, okay, so basically the movie starts out as uh, she happens to be pledging a sorority, of course. Uh, she comes from a you know a fairly wealthy family. Uh, again, I don't know if that pisses you off. I don't want to, like, you know, I don't know if she was driving an Escalade or anything. I know how bad you hate chicks who drive Escalades. Hey, you know, I'm cool with it whenever what? they're not complete douchebags. Douche nozzles. I'm just oh douche nozzles the female version of douchebag. Oh, that's good. I know that from now on. Uh, basically, she uh, is writing it. She she's also writing a term paper in her uh, psychology class. Uh, happens to be on nightmare on in dreams, of course, because she has this recurring dream. And um, her TA happens to be doing his doctorate on dreams. And uh, yeah, so so he takes a, a bigger interest in her. He has some equipment to study dreams and monitor sleep stages, brain activity, stuff like that. Um, basically, she starts working with him to try to figure out what's going on, uh, <clears throat> you know, in her dreams and you know what they mean and all that stuff. Uh, basically, also, um, we are shown uh, close to the beginning. We're shown a mental hospital where all of the inmates. Do, they, do you call them inmates or patients? Is probably a better word for it, wouldn't you say? I don't. I, not inmates. Yeah, I guess patients. Anyway, so so a couple of them escape, uh, and one of the mem- one of the inmates has a burned face and a trowel. Well, well, did he yes. did he escape? I didn't think. Was that what yeah, that was? Well, well, they, well if, remember they got all rowdy, and then and then I can't remember exactly what happened, but a, but a handful of them escaped, and uh, I mean, coincidentally enough, people started getting killed with a trowel. <laughs> oh, he was jacking them up with that thing. Uh, yeah. Um, or somebody yeah. was. Yeah, what? No, no, no. I was, was going to say, don't spoil it, man. Wow. Which, by the way, I, I got to tell you, the ending is kind of like, what? Okay. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's like, what? But my freaking wife watched this with me, and she called it early. And I thought that I kept making fun of her. But uh, she ended up being right. If you've seen Which... Happy Birthday to me, this is kind of the same thing. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, well, more or less, but I'll tell you what. Uh, I really hated being wrong and uh, <laughs> her being right. Anyway, um, she – oh, dude. And uh, you know what that led me to? The, Watching that, Twilight I, Eclipse? No, no, no. I bet her that she could shave my back <laughs> if she was right. So she did. So basically I got some clear box tape, put all my back hair on it, and then taped it to my two-year-old's face. It was all worth it. It's a beard. It was it was awesome. It all ended up working out just fine. That's awesome. Anyway, um, I get you know again. This is the same type of deal. There they go to. They have to. They have to do their that prove themselves worthy to go into a, um, you know the sorority by. And of course, the people are just playing a prank on them. Uh, they have to break into Kelly's father's. I guess he owns like a mall or some kind of a shop, a department store or whatever. And uh, steal the, the the studly night watchman's clothes? Yeah, I didn't get that. Like, is it even his underwear? It's like, what? So they're basically, um, it's like one step away from female rape. Yeah. But uh, there's a double standard, which that would be fine with me if it was a bunch of a nubile, oh, yeah. naive, hot young women. Absolutely. Taking my clothes off. <laughs> oh. Hey, let's take a quick break, will you? No, I'm just teasing. Anyway, uh, you know, and, and that's really all we'll, I, I guess we're going to go into on the plot, unless you really want to talk about something else. No, I mean, I mean, basically, it's kind of like her memories coming back through the whole movie, and she, they're starting to 
basically analyze what her dreams mean. But that's right. pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and things happen, and, and she finds out things about her family and stuff like that that makes the dream make a hell of a lot more sense. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, and, and plus there's this, uh, obviously we said there's a there's a killer going around. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was it, from that from that point on, it was it was pretty much your um, textbook slasher. However, I mean, this was uh, what, what year did I say? This was like 1984 or something like that. Yeah, 84. Yeah, 1984. And, you know, there's just something about I don't know what it was, but it just has kind of this uh, kind of this feel to it that is just kind of fun to watch. You know, which the sorority row, in my opinion, didn't have. Exactly. Yeah. You know? You know, I even think that uh, um, even though it wasn't in the in the eighties, uh, the hazing was was had you know kind of a fun atmosphere and stuff too. That wasn't necessarily a slasher, but I mean, it was you know kind of that light. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's lightheartedness. It's not like they were telling jokes necessarily. It was just that it was fun to watch. You know, and you know, just kind of one of those uh, unexplainables where you're watching it, you're having fun. And, uh, you know, but there's nothing really new going on. No, would, I, would you agree or do you think I'm being too harsh? No, no, I understand what you're talking about. I like the, uh, I like the, uh, always the getting ready for the, the dance bathroom scene. Oh, love it. Oh my gosh. There were fur burgers aplenty. That was great. Excuse me. I'd like to order the six pack of fur burgers for $6. <laughs> and, um, also, uh, lots of, uh, other good stuff. Oh, it was, it was awesome. I, the women were really attractive too. Well, you know, and they were, and they, you know, and, and obviously they weren't like the the plasticized, you know, uh, sorority row women. But you know, they were they were definitely not ugly. Um, you know, this was uh, the, like I said, the show had a good enough sense of humor. The characters weren't anything that were that seemed like excellent. Um, however, one thing about eighties slashers is the movie poster for this kicks ass. Have you seen that where it's like they're holding a candle except for it's a woman and she's melting? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's it's really cool. You should look it up. I will. Um, let's see. I don't know. We we always run into this when we talk about slashers where, you know, we can kind of set up the movie but not really talk about exactly what happens. I mean, there was a lot of fun to be had in, you know, as they were dicking around in the department store and in the mall and whatever. And uh, there were some great kills, in my opinion. I mean, they weren't, like, gorific, but they were pretty solid, you know? Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. I, I thought the the kills were really good in this. I mean, I, I, especially Clue Gulliger's when he gets the uh, thing to the neck. Oh, And yes. he's laying there choking on his own blood. Oh, you are a sick puppy, but I have to agree with you. Um, Yeah, the, there's... Uh, I did learn one thing. That uh, if I were to make a penis costume, I want to make sure that the balls that I make are in proportion with the rest of the outfit. <laughs> that that was awesome, dude. I can't believe he had a dick costume with two tiny little balloon balls. They weren't very tiny. Well, in relation to the giant dong he was. Oh yeah, come on. yeah. That's what I'm saying. In proportion. <laughs> I'll say because yeah, they were like the size wanna, of basketballs. I say I wouldn't want to walk around with those in real life or anything. But come on. Man. No, I'm, you know, and it was just that kind of fun, that that kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, asinine humor mixed with, uh, um, 
you know, the slasher and people. I'm, there was one part that really I got really irritated about. It was uh, there was one girl who was like talking about how she was a virgin, and it turns out that uh, she was molested by her her uh, violin teacher. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, why did you have to go? You're having this great fun time, and you tell that story. It's like she was a bigger buzzkill than Buzz Killington. <laughs> I did not. I, I did not like that. In all reality, and I didn't like how it led to a, 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 an intimate scene. Well, and that guy must be a psychopath because, like, who goes to bed with a girl who tells that story and like blows well, who, up on everybody? Who, who goes to bed with her two minutes after she tells that story? Exactly. Well, it's like you know, maybe you can work with her, talk, talk it out, you know, get to know each other. But nope. Dude, I said, so- I said that on the last episode during uh, Blood Night. The stories about rape are a buzzkill, man. Yeah, dude, it's it's right. Two in a row, it's two two episodes in a row. Oh man, you have anything else? Well, did you notice when they were in the boiler room that there was that scene where the girl's being dragged off and her arm flops backwards? I, yeah, I thought that was kind of a nod at Elm Street, man, because this came out a little after that, that same year. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was intentional, but it was pretty, I mean, to be in a boiler room dragging a girl around, I mean. I you know, and and here's here's something else. I mean, it, I mean, we've talked about this before, is why, I mean, this is a relatively, I mean, at least to me, it was a relatively, uh, not necessarily unknown, but definitely a less popular um, uh, slasher. I mean, I it never probably, heard of it. Well, it came out in the, in, I mean, obviously what, uh, uh, Halloween came out in 78, Friday 13th came out in 80, you know, and there were all sorts of stuff, you know, kind of, uh, kind of the, not necessarily the, the ripoffs, but people who took that same equation, took the same formula, excuse me, and then, uh, you know, made a movie out of it. Um, and it's, it almost seems like this one kind of got uh, forgotten. Is that just my perception? Well, I, like I'd never heard of it. I mean, so I would, I would say that's a safe assumption. You know what's funny? Every once in a while, I wonder to myself, how many movies like are victims of their the time they came out? Because, be, because of like, like the, the you mean like the just the surge of a certain kind of movie? Oh yeah, or, or yeah, whatever. I mean, it's it's like uh, okay, so all these slashers come out, and and I mean, let's put it this: way. I mean, there were a lot of subpar slasher movies coming out, especially at this time, you know, around this era anyway. But, uh, you know, it, it's like, so this one kind of, it, 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 to me, it almost seems like it got, you know, buried under the wave of, of uh, you know, just what was going on at the time. And then, uh, you know, to be able to come back to it, you know, 20, you know, 26 years later and, uh, you know, be able to watch it and, and uh, take it kind of out of its context, it, it, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know what would you what would you call it like it's time context and be able to watch it and enjoy it. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder how many movies are like that. I wonder uh, maybe that's a maybe that's a good idea for a show. Movies that may have got uh, good movies that got buried in their you know in their uh, in the in the just in all the movies that came out at the same time. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it got buried, but a movie like Trick or Treat, you know, gets gets a straight to DVD release, whereas something well, like Sorority Row the same year goes to theaters. You know. Well, and, and the thing is, I think that's, I think maybe that's a different concept because, I mean, that's just like, oh, well, there was bad, you know, deals made with the executives, blah, blah. I'm talking about, okay, so, so, uh, I mean, maybe, um, for instance, what, what was that movie that just came out? Collector. Now, and I've seen The Collector and I didn't think it was great, 
But let's say all I heard about it till I saw it was that, oh, it's just a Saw ripoff, you know. But I wonder if we were if we were to watch it on its own and, and not think about Saw, if it would be any good. Which, in my opinion, I don't think it's a Saw ripoff, you know. But but you know, but I mean, am I am I totally off base here? No, I mean, I think I think that's definitely uh, safe to say, especially with a movie like The Collector, because you know it came out like what around the same time as Saw Six. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I mean, like at that, and and the previews were from the writers of Saw. Exactly. So I mean, and, people and are automatically doing that. that. Yeah, and even the in the commercials looked like Saw commercials, basically. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, know, and it had the same look and feel to some of the contraptions and things that were going on, even though it was different, you know. But you know, and I wonder, I wonder if uh, how many people decided that they didn't like that movie based on the fact that oh, it's ripped off Saw or whatever. But you know what I'm saying? I'm not necessarily saying that's a great example. That's a, that's the only one that came to my mind, though. Yeah. You know? Anyway. You know, what I thought was really funny was uh, when Drag Me to Hell came out. The previews were saying from the director of Spider Man, and I'm like, I don't think that's the same audience here, dude. Well, even though that's the truth, yeah, that's uh, that's bizarre. <laughs> that's but, that's but totally what, off what? subject. <laughs> well, you know what though? It's like the, you got to realize though that uh, people who like Spider Man, which are pr- more people than like like the Evil Dead. Are gonna say, oh, cool, you know, whatever. And it's us who like. The, if you like the Evil Dead, even some of his other movies like uh, Dark Man and all that stuff, you know who who directed it, and you and he know what to expect a little bit more. Oh yeah, even though he he did direct for Love of the Game. <laughs> I never saw that. Yeah, that's one of my dad's favorite movies. I think you told me that before. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> well, I, I'm not saying it's off. I mean, as far as the movie goes, it's just the subject matter was not interesting to me. Do you have anything else for this one, man? Um, let's see. Uh, I do have a six degrees. Uh, Clue Gulager was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 with Robert England, who was in Freddy's Dead, with Tom Arnold, who was in McHale's Navy with uh, Bruce Campbell. Good one, man. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, as far as the movie is concerned, I, you know, I mean, this... It was kind of a, there, you know. It had your. It's funny because we talked about uh, Leslie Vernon and some of the uh, the the slasher, uh, just the, the 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 mainstay ingredients to make up a slasher. It had a lot of these, you know. Had your uh, had your red herrings. Uh, there was a traumatic experience that spurned, uh, you know, a, a killing spree, and, you know, and some of that stuff. But you know what? It uh, even though it maybe wasn't the most. Uh, original movie that I've ever seen, I'd still give this a buy. Oh, yeah. i give this a buy. And this was the last movie I watched of these three. Uh-huh. And, man, like, when I went to watch this, I was thinking the whole time, like, when I was about to push play, I was, in my mind, I was like, if this is a, another, uh, I was, I was seriously, I don't know, like, what I would have done if this was another bad one. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, I would have been scared because the way you reacted and how much you hated that last movie, <laughs> I wouldn't have not wanted to have been around. You, I would have said, you know what, the Oklahoma tornado was you. <laughs> yeah. No, this I really like this, man. I give this a buy, too. Good. Cool. Awesome. Did you learn anything? Um, You know what? I did learn. Oh, no, the penis thing with the balls. Um, I learned something about the penis, too. I learned that giant penis costumes are never not funny. <laughs> I, th- I think that's a, b- a pretty safe bet a safe thing to say oh yeah i learned that real alcoholics drink scotch from a goblet like her mo- her mom had this like chalice like a pimp chalice and she's like drink a scotch out of it i'm like the whole thing's full you lush dude you just you just hate people that like 
Drive escalates and drink things out of goblets. <laughs> drink it out of a goblin. <laughs> out, out of a goblin cock. You know that's a band name? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and I learned that stories about, oh, I already told you stories about Raper or Buzzkill. Buzz Killington area. Okay. Did you ever get a who else said that? Uh, you know, I didn't do it. I got one. I'm coming, Marsha. That's Greg Brady. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Even the city. You know, it's funny that there were two Marshas in these two movies. And uh, that uh, the, Bever- or the Beverly Hillbillies, that the Brady Bunch are so ingrained in our psyches that uh, they say Marsha and we think, oh my gosh, Greg is doing Marsha. I can't even think of another Marsha. They were all good. You did, you did get a side boob of uh, Daphne Zuniga. Oh, I loved it too. It was, you know, side boob. Side boob hour. And it's like from somebody who would turn out to be somewhat famous back in, well, maybe not. But wasn't she in like soap operas a lot? I don't know. I know she's a, I mean, she did like the Spaceballs TV show. Okay. Like an animated series. I never even heard of it, but apparently it's fairly new. Huh. But uh, I didn't get a kick, well, I didn't get a kick in the balls for this one either. Shit balls. Um, let's see. Kick in the balls. Uh, oh, right in the middle of the, oh yeah, I, the, I did get the, the, the uh, I mentioned the, uh, the rape story. And then a uh, student, a student working on his doctorate for treating his homely assistant like a frequent worthless, bu- worthless bum. Oh, I know. <laughs> he treated her like crap, man. I don't mind her. She's just redheaded and ugly. She seemed like <laughs> she had some issues too. Like she like secretly liked him or something. Well, and that was that was really the focus of this movie. She wanted was their this star-crossed guy. love. <laughs> she wanted a goblin. As never mind, as it worked. <laughs> oh man! No, so you know, I would watch. I'll tell you what, I would watch more sorority movies um, for no other reason than CBT? their. their uh, no, not well. Maybe uh, for the the. Uh, I don't know. They were just. It's just a fun situation. Oh know? yeah, you know it's. I mean, even though I know you hated the 2009 one, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna watch the the older one. I just watched that uh, again a few months ago, and I, I love it, dude. Um, that's probably. I don't know that. I'm, I'm gonna check that one out. Maybe I should have watched it before the show, but uh, you know. So maybe. Oh, except for I think uh, actually I know that uh, Gray did a. Uh, he compared the two. Talked a little bit about the two. So no, that's good. Did- so that's okay. But I'm gonna watch it anyways. He probably hated the original. <laughs> we'll see because he had a freaking man like he had like a love child with a new one. <laughs> oh that's terrible all right so we don't know what we're doing next episode but um it was fun talking about sororities <laughs> until i got like all lit up and fr- tried to freaking well, not lit up i'm not that, that, that means something totally different <laughs> i was gonna say is that what's going on over there <laughs> i'm like snorting coke man. off a hooker's ass no, uh, <laughs> off a like off a nipple, like in uh, demons. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, oh that's awesome. I, I really, um, I really wish I'd liked <laughs> Sorority Row more, just so I wouldn't hate it so much. Because I really, wow, I that, really, I really hate to. Be, that is impeccable logic. Well, I hate to be so down on a movie, but man. I just you get you get one every once in a while. That's cool, man. Yeah, well, you know, and uh, you know, honestly, I didn't. It's funny that you hated it so bad because I, I enjoyed it. It was okay. Since I've been on the show, I've only had two movies that I've hated. And what was the other one? Cabin Fever Two, and Cabin Fever Two was a million times better than this. Oh yeah, you son of a bitch! A million times better. I loved that movie. Like anyway, uh, 
uh, let's uh, let's throw out the uh, the voicemail line out there. It's two zero six three three nine two seven three zero. Always appreciate uh, the support and the calls. And uh, again, that's two zero six three three nine two seven three zero. Um, just so you know, we just released uh, the cadaver tracks for the people under the stairs. So if you haven't picked that up yet, make sure to go get it. Uh, Ferguson is hilarious. Um, and uh, actually, Johnny, we were talking, Johnny says something that's so funny in like the first two minutes that uh, I, uh, it was very kind of embarrassing at work. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> actually, honestly, nothing's embarrassing to me at work because I'm, I'm, I'm the same jackass at work that I am here. So they just expect it from me. Anyways, <laughs> now that I now that I got that off my chest, you got anything else, man? Oh, that is it, dude. Well, thanks for listening to the episode, and uh, from the Cadaver Lab, we will see you, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>